Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Alright, let's get started. Ready, ready. Yes. Uh, wait, hold on, where's my... Okay, we're 17, about 18 minutes into the call. <clears throat> okay. Um, guessing you're recording? Yep. Alright. Okay. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. This is episode 23, Building with Foam. Hi, I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. And we got Nick on the show. Yeah, no one sees me on the forums. <laughs> what? Our forum manager. No one sees him on the forums, he said. No. Yeah. People just come look, lurk around, and then leave. Don't get discouraged, dude, because I, for a long time, was on forums, and I always thought that uh, my presence on the forums was so bad that I was going to change my name to thread killer. Cause I would post and then nobody would say anything for like <laughs> weeks. I always yeah. thought it was me. Do they hate me? Not that I cared. <laughs> uh, no, it's all good. We definitely get a, a lot of people coming and looking. It's pretty That's easy. Bad. That's cool. Yeah. Cause we touch on flight test stuff actually quite a bit. Mm, yeah. Between okay. helicopters and flight, uh, flight test stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of uh, our two strong points there. Cool. So, uh, how's everyone's week been? Been good, man. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, my week has been freaking <laughs> horrible. Oh, I was gonna say one of these times I'm gonna say terrible. Yeah. You beat me to it. <laughs> no, it hasn't been that bad. It's just been really crazy at work. But um, yeah. Let's just talk RC. I don't want to talk about work. Who wants to hear me talk about work? Uh, let's start with Nick since we haven't had him on the show in a while. So. All right. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty much just cutting foam. Um, I still have to finish my Alps Corsair. I've got my normal size FD Spitfire. Uh, I still got to rebuild the tail for it, and then yeah. most of my time spent cutting the 200% Spitfire out again. Nice. Yeah, I saw that picture you posted on uh, Instagram and Facebook, or just Instagram? Uh, it was just Instagram, and then I think I sent it to you guys before I posted it on Instagram. Right, right. Cool. Yeah, I saw some parts. Yeah, it's starting yeah. to look... Uh, that's a fuselage, right? You were all cutting out? Yep. Yeah, I finally got that cut out, and I started working on the spar. Uh, ended up finding, like, three cracks in it from the crash. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Yeah, even though it's uh, inch-by-inch you know, square wood, it's just... It was cracked up in a few spots. Glued it all back together, put some extra screws in it, and hopefully it'll hold. Oh, sweet. Now, dude, when you do the the fuselage on that monster, do you uh, do you like do a ninety or like a typical a a or b fold on like one section? Like you could have the top part and the side that you could actually get out of one sheet of foam, or yeah, um, if you guys look in the photo, and I'll post uh, the photo on the forums as well, you'll see like uh, above the fuselage, there's just like a square looking piece, and that all gets uh, b folded. And that actually makes the center of the fuselage above the wing. The other pieces that actually have the wing cut out and the nose, that gets folded up. I believe it's another B-fold. It gets B-folded, and the box goes in it to make the top. Okay. Are you doing the uh, the turtle deck out of foam, or are you doing it out of uh, poster board? Uh, I did it out of foam on my last one, and I'm going to try to do it again on this one, uh, time permitting. I might show up with no turtle deck at all. 
All right. Cool. I'd, I'd rather get it up and flying. Yeah, man. So, Kevin, what about you? Well, I flew on Saturday. Jeez, uh, we had rain coming in in the afternoon, but uh, got a chance to go out to the field. Oh, and we also had the president coming in on Sunday, so we couldn't go uh-huh. Sunday. So if you wanted to fly, you had to get out there Saturday. And I was expecting it to be packed, but uh, everybody was at this. Was it a multi-GP event? It was a quad racing event. Yeah, right? it's a multi-GP regional um, qualifier. It's like, I guess, to make nationals. Yeah, and I thought that was going to be held at our club, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It was off-site, so there was really nobody there. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I brought my uh, my special project, my little 47-inch um, deal, and I uh, got a chance to made in that, and uh, that was an experience. <laughs> that was a handful. Say the least, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was crazy, man. I, I took that up, and it just would not turn right it was like i needed almost full rudder to just go in a straight line and i have the motor just mounted flush like i don't know i didn't know where to start so i figured start with that you know right and uh yeah dude it was crazy it was a little pitchy and uh definitely needed either a larger rudder or more rudder and i had to pitch the motor uh a bit so i landed and uh made some adjustments took off again landed and made some more adjustments and and kept like pitching the motor over to the right a little more and down a little more and the last flight i had on it was actually pretty good but then i kind of i took out the uh screws holding the motor to the firewall a little too far and the motor popped out yeah but i just wanted to just say dude the freaking landing and the taking off of this thing was was so easy it was ridiculous yeah yeah first of all it looks scale especially landings like landings i could not believe how easy it was to land like you Mm -hmm. basically cut the motor and it would drop straight down like an elevator it was just freaking too easy yeah really soft too like it was just nice and gradual just kind of floated down oh that's that's unfair when that's what somebody (laughs) said when i landed the second time they were like you're cheating that's cheating yeah (laughs) there's big giant wheels on it and uh yeah yeah but i but I looked at the plans. I, I think it was before I went flying. I think it was Friday. I looked at the plans, and the plans are from the 50s, and it's a one-channel plane. Like, it just has rudder only, which uh, when I saw that, I said, well, that would explain why the elevator is, like, twice the size of scale. Like, the elevator is just enormous. Yeah, I don't get that though. Like the size of it, not not the elevator, the throw itself, or anything, or the su- surface. Yeah, it's just freaking huge. Just the size of the horizontal st- stabilizer, you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna cut that down, dude. Like uh, I cut an inch, roughly an inch, inch and a half off of the the plans uh, version, mm-hmm. and I think I'm gonna cut it down even more. I might take two more inches off of it. Yeah, and I think you should increase the rudder by yeah. like ten, fifteen percent. Yeah, I'm going to add like an inch to the, to the rudder and mm-hmm. see how that goes. And cool. and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the way that the bushwhacker is put together and the angle that's on that. I think I'm going to start, you know, with that maybe. You know, yeah, like was, angle it at about that angle. Yeah, the wingspan is about the same, right? Or close to it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Just some place to start. Yeah. I mean, it looked cool in the air, though, for sure. Yeah, it did. It was cool. <laughs> cool plane man it was it was i'm glad i didn't smash it up and mm-hmm. uh like yeah like you just i'm i'm cutting out the larger one now 
and uh, I just started cutting out the wings, and I like laid them out, and there it's just ninety four inches laying on my little freaking bench is just insane, man. I'm like, this thing is yeah. gonna be awesome. I can't wait to take it all out, you know, put it all together in my driveway and like paint it and mm-hmm. get it all ready, dude. But I gotta, I gotta get cracking, man. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> hey, you're you're farther than I am. The thing about the wings that I noticed in that picture, and sorry for our fans who can't really picture it since they don't know what plane it is, but I just want to make a note of it. it. The core on it, like the leading edge to the trailing edge is humongous. I mean, yeah, that's got to be over a foot, right? Yeah, it's like 17 inches, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah, because um, like it's almost got two spars on it, the way that the plans are built and mm-hmm. the way they all connect up. I think I'm going to go with that, like use some wood inside as two spars. I'm going to 3D print as much as I can. Yeah. Connecting pieces wise so I can just flush cut the wood, you know? Mm-hmm. So that should be uh it should be interesting. And I'm like make a decision and get this going as I'm as I'm laying it out. I've already started printing out the wing holder um piece that's gonna be in the fuselage and I have to like print that out in like six different parts and then I'm gonna acetone weld those together, try and get one piece, and then I'll probably add to that in the fuse itself and it should be interesting. Nice. Because <laughs> I also have to think, like, how am I going to break this down to get it anywhere, you know? It's just yeah, going to be nuts, well, it's, man. It's a pain. Yeah. Are you going to uh, test fly that at, like, maiden it at Flight Fest, or are you going to try to do it at our field first? No, I think before I'm going to paint it, I'm going to bring it down to the field and try okay. and fly it. Because uh, I was saying, it's like, you know, if it's going to be in, in uh, the RV rental, you know, that's not too bad. We can fit a pretty big plane in there, but... Yeah, in yeah. your in your two door Jeep, yeah, we're gonna you're gonna have to break it down, probably a couple pieces. Well, and I would. Yeah, I had, I had my Spitfire on the bunk above the seats to get it to Flight Fest last year. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it, where we it, had that uh, the the Mustang was up there too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it took up the whole bed. It was just. Yep. Yeah, that and the wings, and then I think we might have threw one or two planes up there with it, or a couple of your planes you had up there. Yeah, just all stacking. But I, you know, I don't want to make it so I can't transport it anywhere, even in the Jeep. So, you know, what's the point of that then? You know, right? Yeah. Um, but it should be freaking crazy, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I can't I, wait to see it. I got a chance to fly the Oxy Man at the field. I got a chance. I'm flying the crap out of that thing. Dude, and, you're uh, killing it. I love it, man. I have so much fun with that thing. And thanks so much for recording, Steve. You got mm-hmm. you got one of my flights. I posted the whole thing on Facebook. And I cut it up in a couple parts. Yeah. I put it on Instagram, like, a couple of the cool things I did. Mm-hmm. And then I crashed it. <laughs> and uh, again. <laughs> and the MKS servo still held up, man. Yeah. I swore that it broke. Yeah, well, it was the... See, the horn... I didn't get the horn from uh, Anthony with the servos. Those horns are from the Oxy kit. Okay. And they, they work. They fit right on there. And one of them kind of, like, got a little loose when we picked it up so maybe yeah. it was a little loose but or i probably just got nuts from the crash too i mean i broke blades and i didn't didn't do anything to the main blade though i hit throttle hold probably after i hit the ground <laughs> but it was at least in time enough to save some parts yeah did you did you shred the gear up or no no oh so yeah you must have hit it like in time or at least landed in a way that the blades had time to like lose inertia before it hit anything well i broke that lower bolt that holds the gear to the main shaft. 
and it was like in there and shredded. Like I had to completely take the helicopter apart just to get that out in one one unit, like the shaft and the main gear and the main shaft mm-hmm. in one unit. And that was that was a pain in the ass. Yeah, I usually use like an Allen key, like a a bit or like something like a one point five mil, and I basically put it in there and I hit it with a, a hammer or you know my wrench or something, you know, like a pliers to like push out that pin. Well, I didn't want to like damage anything else, so I was like, mm-hmm. eh, I'll just pull it out, and then I was able to like bang it out. But uh, that thing that was okay, man. Even the the one way bearing or whatever it is, you know, the that was okay and. Right. I got it back together. I just need some blades. Nice. I mean, I could put the plastic blades back on it, but that's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really like those plastic blades too much. Nah. Yeah. I mean, I guess in a pinch, it'll it'll be all right, but yeah. Yeah. But I have the I have the cube, so I can fly that, yeah. you know. Nice. And uh, what size are those? Those are 255s? On the Sport, yeah. I mean, I have a tri-set, which if you want, you can just borrow blades for a weekend if if i don't uh you know if we don't get new blades in in time no i'll fly the cube man because there's a couple of things i want to try and get ready like i want to fix that special project i gotta mm-hmm. i gotta just put the clip in i ordered the clip the little c clip for the ft racer that i have with the retracts and i had it all ready to go and then the clip i couldn't you know must have came out during the crash yeah the motor clip you're right yeah on the back of the motor mm-hmm. so Obviously, I couldn't fly that, so that should be here this week, and hopefully, I'll get that ready because I'll, I'll I'll try that again. That cool. that should be cool. Yeah. But this weekend, flying the Goblin 380, man, that thing was insane, dude. That was crazy. I got the new Scorpio motor in that, and I don't know what's up with the pitch. I got to check that. Like you said, it shouldn't have changed, but uh, it was crazy inverted. Like the inverted, the negative pitch on it was just a little nuts. You should check the pitch to make sure it, it did change, because you didn't crash it or anything. It hasn't like no nothing mechanically you've changed recently, right? It was just a motor change, right? Yeah, yeah. I I just think that I mean, you have you went from um, uh, what is it, a Quantum eight eighty kV to yeah. a Scorpion one thousand. You you use the same pinion and you didn't change anything electronically, right? No, nothing. No speed control governor, none of that stuff. Nope. So you're getting like probably like 600 more RPM head speed than you did before, or, or maybe even more. I don't know. We should do the calculation, but because of that, you're gonna it's gonna it's gonna pop up a lot quicker and go you know negative a lot quicker. Like everything is just gonna be more aggressive. Yeah. So I want you to double check on the pitch, and if the pitch is you know. Zero, twelve and a half up, twelve and a half down, negative. I think it's just because you're running way higher head speed than you're used to. Yeah, that could be. I'd probably just cut it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, gear it down. Yeah. I would, I would gear it down before. Oh. You know, trying to mess with the settings on the rear. What do you see on that? Right, that's a Talon ninety, right? Yeah. Oh, you're probably not running a Governor, so yeah, yeah, you could probably do it on the the transmitter. Yeah, no, there's no governor hooked up. What have you been up to, man? So yeah, we we flew on Saturday. Chloe made it out to the field with me, and uh, so she was out there and had some fun. Um, I you know I've, I I flew basically the Oxy Three Cube, the Goblin Five Seventy Kyle Stacy Edition, and the Goblin Seven Hundred Competition. Um, 
I don't know. I was really heavy into like I wanted to fly that 700. So I was using our, our friend um, Rick's charger. And basically after every flight, I would just go straight to his charger, put that back pack on the charger. I have two packs. I alternated. I got about six flights in, which is the most I've ever in one day. Usually it's like three or four. But yeah, I was I was just cranking out the flights with that. Nice, dude. Yeah, yeah. I saw you do like two flights with that. You're getting like ballsy with that freaking thing, man. Yeah. And your flights are getting better, better, dude. Is it? I feel like I'm doing the same thing now. No, man. Like especially with the 700. I'm definitely more comfortable with the 700. I'm, you know, I'm comfortable with like trying to cut grass with it. I'm comfortable more with uh, doing this like where I just tilt back and then kind of stop it like a wall. And then one of the flights I remember I was doing. And I was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to go big air. So, like, I was, you know, doing a lot of big flips and punch outs within the flips and stuff. And I would go really high up. I would just, I would turn the helicopter doing an aileron roll while I was pitched straight up and down, like nose up in the air and the tail down. And I would do, like, a roll. Yep. Um, And I would do, like, just big air loops. And I would loop the other way and just kind of, you know, fly a little bit inverted. Yeah. I'm definitely getting more comfortable, which is awesome because that's a great helicopter. And, you know, even if it's far, it's such a big helicopter that, like, you can still pretty much see what it's doing. So it's kind of great. Um, I got two more flights. I got two flights in on the 570. Yeah, I was going to decommission that bird and put the Neo on uh, on the 380, but I don't know. I like flying that thing, too. So I might just keep that, you know, in my fleet for now flying. Um, besides that, I got about five flights on the queue before I drove it in. And of course, that's after Kevin leaves. Of course. Of course every time. Every time you leave. And I even like, said, don't yeah. do anything stupid. I'm leaving. <laughs> Two or three flights after you leave. I don't know. It just, I, I don't know. It's not like I was running out of battery packs where I was like, oh, it's my last flight. But next time what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave, but I'm going to, I'm going to park and I'm going to walk through the woods just and spy on you guys. <laughs> just to see you do something stupid. That, that might not be a good idea. That's when they crash into the woods and hit you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was doing my normal. Okay, let me cut some grass, and I came low. Like, I came beyond the grass. I was cutting the dirt in the roots. <laughs> I came beyond the grass. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I was cutting the grass. I had I was nose in inverted. And all I see is I hear whoop, and I just see the tail whip around 360. So I, you know, hit negative and pop it up. And I'm like, oh, cool. I flip it back over. I'm like, all right, it seems fine. So I go straight into a, a like, I don't know. I mean, the blades were probably be like almost 90 degrees, like a real hurricane, like where the helicopter is fully banked, um, knife edge, and I'm powering like 80% of like my positive collective. And you know, I'm holding the tail level and it's going around and I go one loop and I go one more and I'm like, okay, you know, let me, let me land it. As soon as I got out of the hurricane and hovered it, it was all wobbly. It was like, blah, 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 blah. just, I'm like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> so I landed and I noticed I broke a DFC link. So the link from my swash plate to the DFC head to the main grip, one link was completely broken off, meaning I was flying the helicopter with it's a cube, so it's a tri-blade head um, with only two controllable 
main blades. And the one was just kind of like tracking with the rest with inertia, I guess, or with the uh, just the, the spinning of it, keeping it uh, level, the airfoil level. But like, I guess I didn't have control in that. And it was, I was surprised. Like, I'm surprised I didn't, it didn't just drive itself right into the ground and be a total loss or something. So you turned it into a fly bar unit, almost. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was just flapping around on its own. That's insane, yeah. man. I mean, I guess with the hurricane and, or maybe it broke during the hurricane. I don't know, but it, it, it just, I mean, the hurricane looked fine. And just, you know, at the end of it, I kind of just pulled out and it's, I was like, okay. And then wobbly, like, like, you know, my gains were set wrong. If you had like the psychic lanes too high or something, you know? Right. Did it pop off or did it just break in half? No, it, it broke the rod. So like, you know, where the, the uh, link goes, screws into the, uh, the rod, and then, then the rod goes into the metal DFC part, um, or the plastic DFC part, sorry, on this one. Um, yeah, it just, like, sheared right off. Jeez. Yeah. That's probably uh, from hitting the ground. I think it's from hitting the ground because if, I mean, if you look at the pictures, I posted pictures on our Facebook uh, page that um, there's a big dent in the, the main blade <laughs> of that, of that you know, of the uh, the link or the blade that, you know, the link that broke. And, like, there was dirt and, like, grass, like, jammed in there. And, like, I had to really, like, kind of pick it out <laughs> of the carbon fiber there. Um, so, yeah, it, it must have hit, like, just dirt really hard or a rock or a root or something. <laughs> and um, and probably broken. It just flew. So, I mean, that that thing's, uh, it's it's like a tank. I mean, like, a lot of parts can break easily on it, but... When you crash, but it just doesn't care. Like if it's out of balance or whatever, it just wants to fly. It's crazy. Love it. That's awesome, man. Um, besides that, you know, with Chloe, we were uh, we flew the FT trainer. We buddy boxed that. Um, we got about three flights in, but it was pretty windy for that little plane. Yeah. Um, there were times where they would get you know in that far right end of the field where it kind of like it's like an open bowl almost. It would just kind of float out that way, and it would. I'd be full throttle trying to work it back against the wind, right into the headwind, and it would. Uh, yeah, it took a little bit of time, you know, and a couple of crashes, <laughs> you know, because it's just the wind is just tipping it this way, tipping it that way. It's just all over the place, but um, but yeah, she had a good time. So you know, as long as she has a good time, and I feel like she's uh, slowly but surely progressing a little more in it, so getting more comfortable. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, the first time she flew it, she was like, I don't want to fly it, I'm scared, I don't want to break it, you know. Uh, but now she's, you know, I give it to her and she's trying, you know. So That's she's cool. not, she's getting over that fear of crashing, So which is, I think, you know, one of the hardest humps to get over initially when you first start to fly. So You didn't yeah. fold the wings in half this time? No, I did not. And awesome. I was, you know, with fighting the wind, I was doing a lot of elevator to, like, when it dips and I would kind of dip it up. Yeah. Um. The dollar store, I got three 12 inch uh, wooden rulers for a dollar. Oh, right. You were saying, yeah. And I was going to use that, like, you know how we use the, uh, the paint, uh, paint, paint mixer stirs. sticks? Yeah. Yeah. yeah for, for the flight test plane. So I was like, you know what? Let me put that in there. So I have that in the middle, and then the rest of it is foam until it kinks up on the polyhedral uh, ends. And yeah, no problem. It did not fold in, you know, it, was, it actually held up. Like a champ. 
Well, before we get off what we did this week, man, we should probably say that Jeff made it out to the field. We actually got a chance to fly with Jeff for a little bit. Yeah, man. Which was good to see him, man. He's having yeah. He's having some health issues. <laughs> yeah, we Just, don't need to go into that. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. I don't want. I don't mean to laugh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 not funny, but it's just it's, this yeah. poor guy, man. I mean, he's had numerous issues health wise over the years and hasn't really had the best of luck. But hey, he's, still, he's still there. Yeah, he's still out there, though. He still still comes out every now and then and is doing it. And you know, he he brought out the beaver, the fly zone beaver, and. He hasn't skipped a step with that plane. No, no, and like you said, it was pretty windy. It was, mm-hmm. it was getting gustier towards the end of the day because the rain was coming in, and yeah, he yeah. whipped that thing out and was, was right back to like landing on the runway and everything. It was, it was awesome, man. Yeah, definitely. Got to bring up the beaver. Oh, yeah, that plane. I crash it over and over again. <laughs> at, at this point, I started pricing it out. It's cheaper just to buy a brand new one in the box. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, yeah. At a certain point, especially with the foam and if you're replacing a lot of stuff, yeah. Yep. All right, so let's go into our main topic: building with foam or building with Dollar Tree foam board. So, I mean, we kind of have different sections of this main topic we want to talk about and kind of break it down. I kind of envision it as like you know, for beginners who might not be building foam, or maybe for helicopter folks that you know, are flying helicopters and they kind of want to switch it up and maybe get into some uh, fixed wing stuff and don't know how to approach it, right? Like, yes, you could go buy yourself, uh, you know, an EDF or, you know, Warburg, a a foamy Warburg and stuff. But most likely you'll probably crash that and then, you know, I could discourage you. So I kind of want to do a topic with building with foam so that way, you know, for our helicopter folks that want to get into this stuff can easily know what it takes to build uh, a foam airplane. You know, can be we're going to talk about flight tests uh, type of foam building planes um, and even custom, you know, custom foam planes. So uh, the first section I want to talk about is is what tools do you need to build foam planes? So, I mean, obviously you're going to need foam. <laughs> Right. Uh, the second thing, the second most important thing I would say is a good knife. Now you can use an X11 hobby knife. I think that's right. That's the size X11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They, you'll you'll find 11 and twos, and the twos are like the large size. 11s are more common, like smaller, like pencil size. Right. Um. I I use two types. I use the X11 hobby knife. Doesn't matter if it's Exacto brand or Craftsman or anything. It's a hobby knife, a hobby knife, and I use a lot of uh, single edge, like the little rectangle blades. I know flight tests; they do the uh, I don't know. It's kind of like a ratcheting one that kind of comes out, and you can make yeah. it multiple size expanding. And I know like the tip is breakable when it gets dull. Breakaway, yeah. Breakaway, yeah, the breakaway box cutters, yeah. Okay, the breakaway box cutters. One thing I don't really use is regular box cutters. I don't know. Do you guys use box cutters? No, no. I use when you said single edge. You're talking about the the razor blades, right? Yeah, like the just yeah. the, uh, one end is is a razor. It's a rectangle, and then the other end is kind of like a, has like a folded over metal that you can hold on to. Yeah, I bought a yeah. hundred pack of those from Lowe's. Mm-hmm. I think yep. a year, or, man, maybe two years ago. I'm just getting to the end of them now, and you know ah. how much how many planes I built. 
I use those to actually clean off my work surface too. I mean, you have to be careful, obviously. Sure, yeah. Hold it and yeah, I'll like scrape the foam off the work surface a lot mm-hmm. of times, like because you'll get hot glue on different yeah. things, and you want to keep mm-hmm. your work surface kind of flat and and because a lot of times you're cutting out the inside of the wing and you don't want to have the outside of the wing with all your like holes from your work surface. Right, or like indenting the foam and marking up the foam from right. like a drop of hot glue that you didn't notice was there for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I prefer those actually I really like those single edge blades. Um I, I like, haven't I haven't used the ex, uh the expandable, expandable. ones. The mm-hmm. extendable ones the breakaway. I haven't used those. I'm still cutting forty fives with the with the single edge razor blades, yeah. Yeah, so I cut all my 45s with single edge. I, I do most of my straight cuts with the single edge. Um, only time I use a hobby knife, which I go into during the tip section, is when I cut curves. I use the hobby knife uh, more often than not, than the single edge. So, really? Uh, yeah. That's, I'm and almost I'll, always using the exactos. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like I'm, I'm always using the exacto knives to cut everything. What, except for like the the forty fives, like bubble cuts, I'll try mm-hmm. to use more like a box cutter blade. Okay. Yep. Other tools you'll need is definitely scotch tape, packing tape. Uh, color is optional. You can use duct tape, and you can get like some duct tape and color duct tape. I think the duct tape brand one with the actual little yellow duck on it. You can get all these different patterns and stuff. The color packing tape is a great thing. You can get them from Tape Brothers. I think that's where you get yours, right, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. If you want to color the plane at all or do any kind of color to it, but if mm-hmm. you just want to, you know, get up and flying, you don't really need that. Yeah, this is all optional. The scotch so, tape packing tape, I think, is definitely required for a couple of parts of the building that you're gonna need, especially when you do your um, your fold over wings. And I kind of we'll kind of explain that a little bit later. That you'll need it's good to have a layer of that on the leading edge of the the wing. Yeah, and double sided tape if you're making it from plans. Double sided tape. Yeah, I use double sided tape to stick my plans to the foam board and then just trace it out. Basically, cut it out. Oh, okay. Paper. Ah, nice. Yeah, that's I kind of just tape the plans right onto the foam board with scotch tape and then use that. Yeah, if you do it that way, whatever you're taping the outside edge, if you cut uh-huh. something in the center that's all free, I'll put it up like backwards to a window and mark my corners, whatever marked spots. So even when I cut something out, it doesn't come off the foam board. Wow. Oh, okay. Now I do something totally different. I I, yeah. take, I use pins. I'll like okay. if I print the plans out on you know regular printer p- paper and get it to where I can get it all taped together. Mm-hmm. Uh, lately, I've been if I want to keep the plans. Usually, I want to keep the plans. So lately, I've been printing out with cardstock. I'll get like a whole pack of cardstock and print out on that. And it's just a little. It's 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 like actual cards, you know. Right. That, that kind of it's not like paper. It's a little bit thicker. And so what I'll do is I'll I'll just trace like say for a wing. I'll trace out. I'll I'll cut out the the wing, like in whatever shape it is, the exterior of the wing. And then I'll lay that on the I'll lay that right on the foam board, and then I'll take pins and in all the areas like you usually have like three lines on the inside that you need to like score cut and fold over, and then you have obviously the ailerons if you have aileron on your wing. So what I'll take is I'll take pins and I'll put it through the the lines that I need to score cut, and mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll either go straight through or just put it through, you know, make make reference marks 
where I need to cut the ailerons out and then trace uh, like I'll use like maybe three at least a, uh, a minimum of like three pins but a lot of times I'll have like more than that I'll have like five or six so while you've okay. got it all pinned to the uh, to the foam board it stays in one place and then you can just take a pen and or pencil and just trace out the whole thing and then take it up and cut it out and if you need like a reference you can look at all oh, these lines I have to you know score cut and these lines I have to cut out that's what I normally do because then if I need the opposite wing I just used up one plan I flip it upside down and now you have a, a whole white sheet and you can see the little pinholes and I just like circle them and I'll do the same thing on the other side like just put it put it down and put the pins through and trace it out cool all right so what are the tools do we need we're talking about tools <laughs> well that's uh, since we're yeah. talking about the way we cut yeah. out you know our our, <laughs> our foam and, and stuff I figured I'd bring it up now so that's a yeah. tool for me is the pins yeah, yeah. Pins. there you go pins. If you're right. into that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and it's great because I don't have to print plans out again. Once I have the plans, I have them. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah, have to print them and stick nice. them or anything anymore. So pins and cardstock. So you print them on cardstock. Yeah. Uh, you definitely need a good cutting board. You know, most of the good cutting boards are self, quote unquote, self-healing. Um, they're not obviously self-healing, but they kind of seal itself up so you don't get into the ruts when you're cutting along a line that you already cut. In my opinion... The bigger board you have, the better it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've got. Uh, I just actually picked one up where I was working. They threw one away in a dumpster, and it was had a couple marks in it, but it was still good. So I picked mm-hmm. it up and brought it home. I'm yeah. actually using it as like the mat for my chair right now because it's so big. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah. I I mean they're they're not too expensive. I think it's about the one I have. It's I think thirty six by thirty. It's the biggest one I found at Walmart. And it was like twenty five or thirty bucks. Um, it's something that kind of lasts you at least a year or not, if not longer. So, um, in my opinion, it's a good investment. Uh, another good thing to have is a good metal ruler or something that's uh, very straight, and you can cut like run a knife against the edge and cut your straight lines. Right. Um, yep. I just yeah, picked you- up a, a sixty inch from the same dumpster metal ruler. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's there good. Go. I got. A couple from Home Depot, um, just a couple like I think they're they're four feet. Mm-hmm. I bought one at um, Lowe's or Home Depot, one like yellow one that's you know pretty like thirty six or four feet or something like that. And then I have another one that's kind of thinner, silver one. Um, but that one I find that I can cut into by mistake if I'm not holding the blade like perpendicular to it. If I kind of hold it like yeah. Planted, I can actually cut into it a little, which isn't good. Yeah, I found the ones that have paint on them. You can do that. You can actually like cut into the paint a little bit, right? Like, like the yellow ones. So I'm sorry, it's not four feet. It's three foot. I picked up two of the three foot ones, and I cut one of those three foot ones in half. So now I have two eighteens and a three foot, and that okay. comes in real handy because a lot of times you get the smaller stuff for the eighteens, and yeah, you, know, and you don't need to swing a three foot ruler, right? right. Exactly. Yeah, because my bench isn't really that big either. So obviously we're talking about printing plans, so you'll definitely need a printer. Uh, the bigger the printer can print, the easier it'll be to stitch the papers later, to stitch the plans together later. But if you know, if it's eight and a half and it's an inkjet printer, that's what you have. That's what you have. You can you can work with that for sure. Yeah. Um, this is very important for foam, as you're going to be most likely working with hot glue. So having a good hot glue gun that um, keeps its temperature constant. 
you know, works really well. The smaller ones that use like the, um, I don't know, how big are those, the diameter of those little sticks? They're like a quarter inch, quarter inch yeah. I think. Yeah. Those, mm-hmm. um, usually the sticks are very short, so you'd have to constantly be refilling. Um, we rec- I recommend getting something that uses like, I don't know, it's not half inch. Is it half inch maybe? Yeah, it's closer. The diameter is about half inch. Yeah. Um, those can come in like a 12 inch stick, I believe, around that size. Talking about hot glue gun, glue, there's different types of uh, hot glue. Um, a lot of them are just like, you know, medium temperature, good for hot or cold temperature. But really, I mean, this is straight from uh, flight tests. The clearer the stick, the better the hot glue is. If you get ones that are like completely white and it's not really translucent, you can't really see through it, those usually don't hold as well and as long as the ones that are more translucent and clearish. And I and I would say that one of the better, like I've gone through a couple of hot glue guns. I've I've used mm-hmm. it, the Walt one from Home Depot. I got one from Michaels or one of the craft store. Mm-hmm. Um, the little blue one I have, which is pretty good. That one's that one isn't bad at all. And I'm not one to go out and buy like an expensive hot glue gun. But you right. guys had got me one. Um, I think it was the AdTech Pro. AdTech Pro 200. 200 yeah. Mm-hmm. That thing is awesome. That thing is really good. It's worth the money. It's like 40 bucks, I think, on the flight test store. Yeah. Uh, or I on, was... on Amazon. But that thing is really worth it because that thing can lay a bead of hot glue down on a long wing if you're doing larger stuff or if you're doing even some of the flight test stuff is getting pretty large nowadays so yeah mm-hmm. i seen those at the store flight fest last year and i was so tempted to pick one up but yeah i'm i'm transitioning away from hot glue because i've had too many times where it's in the sun too long even if you're flying it and yeah it starts coming apart it does debond under heat and you know more like weather like that so another thing I recommend is skewers. A lot of the flight test planes require skewers. But yeah, having a good bunch of skewers. You know, you can go to the dollar store and you can usually get like a pack of 100 skewers for a buck or two. But um, I find some of the ones that you find at like... Well, if it's not, the dollar store, dude, wouldn't it be a dollar? Well, it's not Dollar Tree. Oh, okay. Sorry. Dollar it's Tree is all up? dollar. No, no, no. Because there are dollar stores, but they're called dollar stores, but they're like dollar and up. Like the up is like in small little. Okay. You know? Yeah. I don't so. understand that one. I drove by that one time in Irvington. Okay. And I had to stop and take a picture. This has got to be like six, seven years ago. The name of the store was everything for a dollar. And underneath it, it said everything a dollar or more. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. Really? It's a scam. I mean, in it's my opinion, it's, false. it's a false advertising, right? Because you're, you think, oh, dollar store, cool. You know, like that name gets thrown around, right? Like, oh, I went to the dollar store or this place or even like places like Family Dollar. You think it's a dollar. Yeah, because the, the joke we all used to say when we go to the dollar store is, hey, can I get a price check? I mean, that was <laughs> right? like a joke we would say. Yeah. Because everything yeah. was a dollar. Yeah. Uh, I think Dollar Tree is the last one where everything's like a dollar, right? Yes. Dollar I know there's a... Like five below now, around yeah. yeah, yeah. We have a lot of those around my way too, and that's kind of cool. It's, and everything's five dollars and below, and you know. But yeah, like the dollar store and the the little dollar store and up. I mean, it the, gets you sometimes. A car dealer <laughs> could be a dollar and up for crying out loud. All right, back to skewers. 
Yeah, so <laughs> so try to get good skewers that have a good like consistent diameter. Because I find that um, the cheaper skewers are like some of them are kind of thickish, some of them are very thin, some of them are kind of splintering off. You know, the bamboo skewers. I go to this place called um, Amazing Savings, and it's not a dollar store, but it's like a you know a dollar and up type of store where most of the products are only a couple bucks. And I found I think they're like good housekeeping or some you know decent brand, and those are the best skewers I've ever bought. Now, have you found the two different diameter sizes? Because like, I've bought some uh, from the local ShopRite yeah. or AMP or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've found some that are maybe a quarter of an inch and some that are the regular size. The yes. Size. I think there are different skewers for like different type of cooking, I guess, or like what you would use them for. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I picked up a pack of both of them and I'll use the larger ones in like, I don't know, faster planes and mm-hmm. or if I'll use the larger ones in a plane like the, the Bushwhacker where I have to put rubber bands on the wing to rubber band to the fuselage. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely a good idea. Um, I usually just use the regular ones for all of my planes. But like I, I do like that I bought decent ones that don't bend as easy. So that's the other thing. When you buy a really cheap one, they're very like flexible. And they can snap real easy. And when you use them to like, you know, hold on a wing, they just kind of end up curling up, which ends up indenting the foam, which weakens the foam. And, and you know, you get into all sorts of uh, trouble from that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, take a look, get a decent set. I mean, they're still super cheap. Like, you know, even if you pay three, four bucks for a set, you're getting a set like a hundred, you, you know. Yeah, and I was going to say, I still have the same two packs, man. Yeah, like I've been I build a lot of planes and I've uh, had the same two packs for maybe a year now, a year and a half. Yeah. They last, you know, because you don't need the full skewer. Like usually, I can use two skewers for most planes. Right, and you know, like I would poke it through, um, say the power pod through the fuselage, and then I would have to point each side all the way through. I clip it, then use that pointy side again to go back through, and then you know, you just kind of keep on clipping it until you, you're. It basically does, it's not long enough. Skewers are good. Uh, a pencil and pen or a pen, you know, it's good to have need to make markings. A lot of my planes, when I um, cut out the, the plane a little and then I'll kind of put where on the plan, say a B fold or A fold, I'll just write it in just so it reminds me. Um, because, you know, you sometimes lose that, you know, from throwing away the, the paper. Um, if you do Kevin's, you know, yeah, you always have a reference. Yeah, you have a reference, so that's not really much of a worry. But when I go over how I do it, you'll see that it's like, you know, I lose that part really quick. As you're saying with the razor blades and cleaning your work workbench, a good clean workbench, um, it just makes the process go by so much quicker than kind of fidgeting, moving things around, trying to work, you know, find room to lay the piece the way you want to lay it and cut it. So. Where yeah, was that tool? I just set it down. <laughs> yeah, that too. Oh man, when I do the helicopter rebuilds, that I'm like a big, you know, idiot when it comes to that stuff. I'm like, Shit, where's the one point five? I know it's here. I just put it down. Crap. But, and that um, um, the workbench too. You know, you don't have to start out with a giant workbench, man. Hmm? I was building a lot of stuff like last year, a couple of years ago, with something that was, man, it was like thirty by thirty, maybe. 
it was small. Yeah. I was building a lot of stuff on that, and you know, so yeah. you don't need a large area. A lot of the flight test stuff, you know, winds up being kind of big, but you know, as you're building it, it's small. Yeah, when you're cutting it out, they're usually the wings are in halves. They're not gigantic. You're not building a 40 inch wingspan all in one piece. Yeah. Um, you're not cutting it out all in one piece, I should say. And even if you are, you can just use the middle of the the bench and. Mm-hmm. You, know, you yeah. can it, it can be done or if you've got uh, one of those cutting boards don't be afraid to use the floor yeah there you go yeah i mean to tell you the truth until i got my um my work table i used to do all my cutting on the floor because yeah. that was the biggest open space i had and you know it kind of sucked for my back and my knees because your chest kind of hunched over doing this but uh it got Take- the job done though take breaks if you do it that way i know yeah. um steve at least you've seen it i just sent the photo out for the the mat it's under my chair i just roll my chair out of the way drop okay. my foam board down and cut away yeah steve that would make sense to why there was that wing-shaped hole in your rug yeah because you're cutting <laughs> on the floor <laughs> didn't yeah, put a cutting mat know, down I was just cutting too deep so oopsie uh <laughs> And that's why cutting so, mats are not Yeah, the I mean, past. that's really all I have for tools. You guys have any other things? Yeah. Make sure you have adequate light. Yeah. That, that gets annoying when you mm-hmm. can't see whatever your hand. Cutting. Yeah, if your hand blocks it, it gets in a shadow. Make sure you got a couple lamps or something. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're like me where I, where I trace it and then I'll go back and all the straight edges I'll cut with, you know, some form of straight edge like the ruler I was talking about. Yeah, it's hard to like. Without adequate light, it's hard to get that to the pencil mark, you know, and mm-hmm. cut it right. Yeah, so definitely get some light. Yeah. All right, so tips section now. I broke this up into a couple of uh, sections, subsections in there. So usually when we talk about flight test plans, you, if you don't have a big format printer, you're most likely going to be stitching pages together. It's important to print with the right settings so that way you have these uh I guess they call them cut marks mm-hmm. on the printer setting when you um, print. And there's, I mean, we can, I can, Nick, you can probably post up a, on the forum the link to, uh, I think there's an FT article about, about printing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I believe there is. I'll have to go through and find it again. Um, yeah. I don't know if they still do it, but they used to put the plans out in a tiled format and then a full format. Yes. Yep. Yeah, they still it do is that. still coming out that way. Either way you do it, um, you can take the full one-sheet plan and then with like Adobe Reader, Acrobat Reader, you can um, print it out as a quote-unquote poster setting. Right. And then you can set your – you can click on this little cut marks option and it should leave you enough margin to be able to cut some of it out and then overlay with the other pieces and kind of stitch them together. Yeah, that's what I use a lot. Especially for yeah. some of the custom stuff. I would definitely suggest, though, um, don't take the bigger plans. Uh, yeah. Spawn Holes has gone through and redone a lot of the old ones, mm-hmm. a lot of the designs, and made it really nice for printing out on a normal printer. Yeah. Now, I do enjoy those uh, I will link updated uh, plans. Yeah, I'll link his article. It has all the updated ones. Yeah. Um, the one thing... For someone, I mean, I don't know, call me quote-unquote old school, but um, it got confusing because there's a lot of extra lines in his plans. 
And then it really frustrated me because he would give you these like circles where it would uh, each corner would be a circle and you'd have part of that circle and try to line them up. I just kind of like, ah, screw it. I'll just tape it. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, and you don't have to get too crazy with when you cut stuff out, tape mm-hmm. it together. Like I see a lot of stuff on the forums uh, where guys are like, you know. It doesn't line up. It doesn't FDL. line up. Yeah. yeah. How, how critical is it? Really, I mean, if you do like if you use the same plans for each wing, uh, which we'll get into. I'll get into what I usually do, mm-hmm. uh, aside from what I would just said about flipping the plans over. I have another way that I've cut wings out. It's really not that you're not going to really. I mean, it's a foam plane. It's not. You yeah. don't have to get too critical with it, and you can always fix stuff as you put it together. You can always fix the way you know the elevator and the rudder are off from the wings. You can always like mm-hmm. add or subtract some foam to get that to yep. even out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So one thing about when you're stitching tiled plans and when you print them out is that you're going to have margins. Printers can't print right to the edge. So you'll end up having these margins on the side of the paper. And the way I do it is I start with a full sheet of paper and then I cut the other ones to overlay on that margin of the, the last piece of paper. So normally on like if there will be like two full rows of six to eight sheets across, um, I would take the full sheet. It would be the first one. Then the second one, I'll cut the, the left side, leave the bottom, and then stitch that on. And I'll just kind of work my way down until I now come to the second row. When I come to the second row, I actually cut the top of the first one. Stitch it onto the bottom of the, the top first one, right? And then I would cut the top and the side, and then I would line those up and kind of work my way down. Overlapping, it makes it easier because you can kind of move the paper in. You see the line disappear or the circle or the marking, your alignment marks, and then you kind of pull it away and kind of figure out, you know, all right, that's the best I can get it. Just try your best. It doesn't have to be perfect. That's interesting because I don't do that at all. I cut them both flush, and I bring them together. And I just line them up to where the lines meet up and, you know, up and down and just do my best at taping them together. Mm-hmm. I find when I, I tried that once, it was hard for me to get the, the pieces to line up properly. And I think it's also because um, I don't always cut my line straight, you know. Like sometimes it's on a little angle. So, like, I start from one end and that's on the line. But then the other one, the line kind of disappears. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm, not, I'm not perfect with cutting my, uh, those margins off. So I, I find that overlapping gives me a little buffer. But yeah, I mean, you can do it that way. You can definitely give that a try and cut both margins and then just butt the pieces together and then tape them. There's a little bit of a technique, too. What normally happened when I first started doing it was I'd get them lined up and get the tape out, and then I would put the tape on it, and it would get screwed up. So mm-hmm. it's like you kind of hold it down with one hand, sort of, like your your pinky or that side of your hand, and you're still holding the tape with that, and you kind of like lay lay the tape down. Or you, or you can use scotch tape to, to get it together to hold it in place. Yeah, I use scotch tape and I do little sections. Like I'll cut like a little two-inch piece. I'll put it on the first – like I'll line it all up and hold it down and I'll just put on a little section, make sure it's still lined up, put another little section, little section, just kind of work my way. I go through a lot of tape. Buy your tape at the dollar store. Get the cheapest tape you can get because um, unless you're reusing the plants, maybe doing the cardstock method um, – you know, my plans are pretty much one one cut and done. Yeah, that's so. why like I use the double sided tape because I'll line all my uh, when I used to do the sections to do plans. Mm-hmm. That's how I did the two hundred percent Spitfire the first time, and 
my wings did not match. Um, right. But yeah, I'd go through and I'd taped them all the plans together, cut uh, cut the pieces of paper that overlapped, whatever, taped it all together, and then again to the window, I taped it to the window, put my double sided tape on, and then lined it up to the foam board and put it down. Cool. When we get into uh, the next section, I want to I want to talk to you about that double sided tape. So uh, the next section is transferring your your stitch plans, your pages to the foam. I'm sure we each of us have different methods. I definitely know that Nick, you have something different. I can uh, definitely take photos of the way I do it. Um, I'm still working on the 200% Spitfire. Cool. Yeah, that'd too, be great. So. Yeah, post yeah. that there on the Facebook page for sure. Well, you guys know how I do it. I use the so pins. I use the pin method. So let's yeah, let's just review pins. Kevin's method first, since uh, he pretty much went over an overview. So so you cut out your cardstock to the edge of the outer um, border. Right. Am I right? Okay. And then you basically lay it over, you trace it, you use your pins on all the the spots that you need to make cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, um if you if you lay the fuselage, like I'll use the fuselage for an example. If you mm-hmm. lay that out, you usually have the two sides and you know how they'll come in and there'll be like a V uh towards where the sides no longer connect to the top of the fuselage. In that area, it works out with the pins really good because you have that it's about a I don't know, it's not even a quarter of an inch, it's smaller. The actual width of the foam itself, you'll have that where you're supposed to do the A or the B fold. Mm-hmm. When you when you use the pin method, you can just poke through and then you know you use your straight edge and you can score it real quickly. Okay. So. And then you can also put a little hole where the fuselage starts to where it starts to separate from the side from the top. You can put one hole there and then you can actually do the trace mark and when you trace it, you know, your your pen doesn't usually get into that V completely. Mm-hmm. So you, you can kind of just uh you know continue on and, and then when you use your straight edge match it up with that hole that you've made like where the V comes together. I've done that a lot. And it it even worked out really well when I did the Vigan nose because I know that's like the most complex one. Yeah. Um, that was that was easier to do with the pin marks because then you know you could you could use a, the plans as a reference and get all your your lines cut out correctly. So I made a vegan noise uh, noise. I made a vegan <laughs> nose with your pin method, and I found that to be very difficult. Okay. Because I was putting a pin at every intersection of the lines, right? And then taking okay, so this pinhole to the nose, I would square line this pinhole knows and then they'll be like oh wait it's this this from this pinhole is is that a line or wait no it's a dotted line on the plan what's what the hell's a dotted line like it, it kind of got me confused um i'll kind of go over the way i do it it's definitely more wasteful yours is definitely more economical and reproducible once you get that uh procedure down well one thing i wanted to add mm-hmm. before we get off of that method is yeah um when i'm doing wings like i've done this with the spitfire a couple of times, I've, I've made like three different versions of that, or three different versions, three different planes just painted differently. Um, but what I was doing at one point in time was I was taking two sheets of foam, putting the plans on top of, it, of the two sheets, pushing the pin down through like both sheets in certain spots, mm-hmm. like like where I was going to cut the, where I was going to cut that completely out. And in this, this is going to get really confusing. 
in and in the spots where you have to do like the crease marks and that you can go all the way through everything. Um, but what I was doing was I was only going through the first sheet of foam, both both pieces of paper, and then into the second sheet of foam, the first sheet of paper. And then when I when I was all said and done doing that method, you know, if you're going to completely uh-huh. cut it out, go all the way through, trace it out, and then you you know you cut through. And when you cut through the two sheets that you still have, I was leaving three or four pins in. After I removed the the plans, I would put pins back in, and I would cut through the first you have two sheets now st- stacked on top of each other and you have pins holding them together mm-hmm. and i would cut the f- top of the first sheet out like the paper All i right. would cut the paper on the first one then i would go back through and cut the paper and of the the bottom piece of, of the paper on the first one and the top piece of the second one and then what i would do is then take the the top one completely off and then i have just to go through the second one one last time and i have two wings and they're Almost like they have to be almost identical because you've lined it up, you know. So you're, one on you're top saying for like the outline, right? For the cutting out the outside part, right? But then if okay. you go through with the pins, like I was saying, uh-huh. uh, you can go completely through them both if if you're not following along, or you can go through the first one completely and just into the top sheet of paper on the second one. When you yeah. remove it, then you have two like you have a positive and negative of each one, more or less. You have a right and a left. Uh, I see what you mean. So because you're you're basically setting your endpoints of that line that you're going to be cutting your 50% score cut, um, if you go through both pieces of the foam with the pin, you have the same line on both sheets, exactly the same. You just flip one out and you cut the other uh, 50% cut on that one. The other one is the regular one, and boom, you have your your two, uh, your two mirrored image of your wing. Yeah. Okay. I, I kind of get it. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of listeners like, what? <laughs> that saved me a lot of time, though. Mm-hmm. So so that's how Kevin does it. It's totally different the way I do it. I'm more wasteful. I'm probably more... I just... I basically... I After I stitch all the plants together, I cut every single piece of part, like every single part out of those plants. I cut them, like, you know, with a basically like a quarter of an inch border around say the wing outline um usually you get both right when you print up nft plane you get both sides i print i cut all the little pieces out cut every single thing out if there's a lot of little pieces like form, formers that are like all together i'll just cut that out as one strip and then what i do is then i just take that and i tape it right onto the foam board I, yeah. I at first I'll just like kind of slide things around, see how much how many pieces I can put on a single piece of foam board. Um if I can fit both wings and maybe the it goes in the wing, keeps it stiff. Um the spar. spar. The spar, yes, the wing spar. <laughs> you know, I'll I'll put that with that together. You know, maybe parts of the, the tail or the you know, ver- you know, the stabilizer. Yeah, get the most out of one sheet of foam. Yeah, get the most out of it, you know, fill it as much as possible. Then I tape the whole thing down. I tape pretty much every single edge. You know, I do leave gaps because I don't, like, on a straight line, I don't need to tape that whole straight line part. But I'll, like, you know, put a couple pieces, you know, gapping it around the whole thing, kind of going around all the pieces. So when you look at it, you have a piece of foam with all these pieces taped onto it. Pretty Mm -hmm. close to what I do. Okay. And then what I do for cutting now, this this starts to get a little more complicated. And I actually want before I go into the Kevin, how do you handle the inner cuts? You know, say on a fuselage, you have that O um, where you have an access panel. How do you 
deal with that on your transferring that portion? Do you just take a pin and just pin it a lot, a lot of times around and kind of get a, a, you know, a U shape or a noble shape? Exactly. Yeah. If it's real okay. complex, I'll, yeah, I'll just like go every like quarter inch or whatever with, with a pin. But usually a lot of times you can get away with four corners, like in like a servo area where that's supposed to be. You can just do four right. corners on that. Okay. And cool. the same with the, like if your hole is, is got, you know, chamfered or fillet corners. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just uh, do like your straight lines, and then you kind of can guesstimate. I mean, a lot of times yeah. you're not seeing that anyway. But okay, cool. So when I lay a wing down, right? A wing is probably a wing and a fuselage is probably the most two complicated parts to cut out because you have several different types of cuts. You so on the plan you have your either a dotted line or a blue line, which is going to be your um, just a marking. And I should just take a skewer and I just kind of indent the foam there. On the plan, I just kind of run it along that blue line to indent the foam a little. And that'll be my marking. I start with all my markings first. Pinholes, any holes for skewers, I take a skewer and poke a hole through the paper plan right into the foam. And then I do all my 50% cuts. And I stay in line, like on the wing, you'll have those three lines, right? You'll have your, your leading edge fold over line, then you have your two uh, 50% cut creases for your um, uh, airfoil. Right. And I'll take those and I'll do all my 50% line cuts, leaving the foam, the t- I mean, sorry, the tape attached on the top and the bottom. So I kind of run it, like, I run my blade all vertical cuts first, and then I do all the hor- horizontal cuts. So that way I have the most amount of paper taped on while I'm cutting. And then when I'm done, I basically just take the whole wing, whatever I'm cutting out, and just put it right over the garbage, and all the paper just falls right off, right into the garbage. So do you do you trace it before you cut it? Then you must, right? I don't trace anything. So if you do the score cuts on the inside, how do you do that before or after you cut the actual wing out? Before I work my way inside out. So so how do those pieces stay in one place then? I guess with the tape you have? They, they say on the top and bottom. So, like, say you're looking at a wing and you're looking at from the middle out to the wingtip. Right. I do those cuts in the middle while the tape's still taped on top. And I don't cut – sometimes I won't cut all the way to the end because you can just kind of cut that at the end. But I, I do pretty close to, like, the whole thing where the tape is still – and the paper flaps. It's going to move around in there a little. But if it's taped on the top and bottom, that paper will still be pretty taut. And won't move too much, and I mean, once you do your score cuts, really the outside doesn't matter, anyways. Like th- those inside pieces of paper don't matter because you already made your cut. So I work that out, and then once I do all the red lines and I do all the, you know, the say like the servo or just like little, you know, access panels and stuff, I cut those out, and I only go fifty percent in, even though they're full one hundred percent cuts. I just do fifty percent on it, so that way it's on the the wing. And then at that point, I start working on the outside. So I do the trailing edge, cut the whole thing off. Then I, then I do like a horizontal cut to get like where to fold over bottom pieces. And then I kind of work around. Say if we're looking at a Spitfire wing, right? So then I, then I do the curve then. Then when I get to that other trailing edge of the top portion, then I just take the ruler and cut it straight down. And then cut the bottom off and I have my wing. And at that point, I could just take all the paper and just slide it right off. It'll go right in the garbage. And now I have my wing all cut out with all the 50% cuts, my markings, everything that I need. But like I said, so it takes a lot of time 
isn't that hard to keep though like the lead, if you do all those cuts vertically and and your your leading edge and your trailing edge are are now like got all those pieces that are cut in the middle doesn't isn't that hard to keep all of that in place to do the exterior part no because the exterior part's still taped down like it's still taped remember because i have a margin of around the oh, exterior so, line so you taped all those pieces that's how how you okay i i think i understand so like think about like you take your 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 plan right and you have the wing and you you leave about a quarter inch border on it and then you tape that quarter inch border all around so even if you cut all the crap on the inside you still ha- all that part still taped on the okay. outside so then at the last bit when you're cutting the outline of it or the exterior portion of it then at that point everything is cut in the inside already then you cut your outside and now it's separate from there your foam board okay got you and then then i just slide everything into the garbage it's very wasteful but you know, I use cheap printing paper. <laughs> it's still uh, a tree, dude. Yeah, it, it goes in the recycler. Daryl Hannah would not be proud. Oh, it, it'll become a McDonald's, you know, Big Mac box. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll recycle it again. <laughs> and then it'll get recycled again, yes. Uh. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's very inefficient as far as you're wasting a lot of tape, you're wasting a lot of paper, and a lot of time to tape all that stuff together that's not you know does it's not a that's why you should do them in sections one day stitching one day putting everything onto the the um foam board and then one night i'll i'll actually do the cut and then and then at that point i can start building and you know once you get proficient and you can build a plane and and pretty much a night you know the airframe nick how do you do your uh you're transferring your your plans to the foam now. I, I want to ex- I want you to explain this double sided tape business. Um, well, I, I used to do the stitching of the eight by elevens together, and I started moving away from it. I go to what is it now FedEx office, and I get them printed full size plans. Wow, um, how much does that run you to do like something like a regular size Spitfire, which is probably like one long sheet, right? No, it's it's just over. I get them cut down. Uh, what it's just over the what is it twenty by thirty foam board size. So it's my plans come out just bigger than that. Whatever. Um, what do they have? The big roll printer. Mm-hmm. It's probably like thirty five inches long roll or wide roll. Okay. Uh, that they print them out. I think it's like to get a full size plan, uh, one sheet of paper. Full size plan. I think it's like five dollars or something like that. Three dollars. That's so not bad. What, what the Spitfires? What three, four pieces? Okay. So like, yeah, it's an extra like twenty bucks, say. Um, and then I do just like what you do, and I cut all the pieces out with like a half okay. inch border, and then I put them up to a window with okay. the non-printed side towards me. And any crossovers, any corners, um, anything like that, I try to make sure there's tape on like both sides of the line, uh, double-sided tape. Go through the whole thing, and as soon as it's done, it comes off the window and onto a piece of foam board. So lay it out. I lay it out nice and soft, and then mm-hmm. I go through and from one edge out, I slowly work it down so there's no bubbles or ripples. Yeah. So you kind of press it down like like you're almost like if you're using like adhesive spray and adhesive it yes. onto the foam board. 
what my question is, how do you remove the plan from the foam board without like ripping off the foam board, like the paper? Um, I, I've had some trouble with it when the, it's the regular foam board. Um, I've been doing a lot of my own repapered foam board. Ah, uh, okay. So it, it doesn't stick it or it doesn't rip as bad. I haven't had that issue. Um, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure the waterproof foam board from flight test mm -hmm. or water resistant, however they want to say, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that wouldn't have much of an issue. If right. you do, you could d put it to your shirt first, put the plans to your shirt, your pants. Yeah. Yeah. Dull that, you know, s that stickiness off of it. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, most of my stuff, uh, I cut it out. I, I can pull the piece out, even small, big, whatever. The plan stays right to it. I can leave that paper on. I could write notes on it, whatever. Mm -hmm. Toss it aside. Um, I could. I've done it before, where I'll leave. Um, say it's like a fuselage section, and it's. Uh, I'll just leave like the center strip that says, and I'll mark a fold on it, or it might already be printed on it. Mm -hmm. So you know, I'll just leave that on that piece until I get ready to glue. Okay. And actually, thinking about the way you do it, since the f the pieces of paper don't actually move off of the um, the foam, you can probably just retape the lines that you cut, and then you can reuse that, can't you? You probably could. Um, I don't. The paper's okay. pretty thin. Um, I use it as like one time use. Sure. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna spend say fifteen bucks for a plan, you can maybe even talk to like you know have them print it on like a little bit thicker cardstockish type. Yeah, you could probably, probably do that. Yeah. Um, I haven't yet. I don't go through the plans that much. Mm hmm But if you do have them print the paper out, when you go towards the bigger size planes, it does become expensive. Sure. Wow. I think I spent like fifty some dollars for plans on the Monster Spitfire because I didn't want to deal with like a Almost 200 pages again. Yeah. 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 Kevin knows a lot about that. <laughs> what the hell was mine? Mine was what? Uh, it was a lot. You 160 said... pages? Yeah. Something, something like that. No, it was 120. I think it was right around 120. I had to I had to stitch together for the I Mustang. Can, I can look on Instagram and go into my history and find my post on how many pieces it was. Wow. But, dude, I so, know it was a ton. So you go to FedEx or. or... Yeah. It used to be Kinko's. Now it's FedEx uh -huh. office. Okay, so you go to FedEx and you say, "I want this printed at two hundred percent," and they're they're like, "Okay, no problem." Uh, no, actually, since the Monster Spitfire plans are already out. Oh, uh, David right, Vindistel right. Okay. Gave those, so I just have them printed ah, to scale. Okay. I usually, I've had a couple times where I've gone in, and I usually take a ruler or a little measuring tape with me, because I've had a couple issues where they'll print the plans or someone I don't normally deal with up there and they're off scale by a little bit here or there. Um, okay. Yeah, I just make sure they have it printed to size. Sure. Yeah, because they I know Dan and most guys that do the plans will put a little you know, ruler on there that you could actually mm -hmm. measure mm -hmm. the, the inch, yeah. Yeah, yeah they yeah, put yeah, the inch six, inch, six yeah. inches. Yep. Nice. Um, cool. 104 pages is what mine ended up being. Oh wow, wow! Yeah, I, I took out a bunch of like the blank center sections in certain yeah, spots. Yeah, I I left those out. Okay, I was that that was one of my things that I couldn't 
understand when Kevin was doing his 200% is how many blank pieces of paper did you have to just tape in there because there's no markings. Like, oh, there there were so many. I'm pre- I believe I went through like 200 sheets of paper and I got it down to like 104 by taking all the blank sheets out. I don't huh. think I had that many blank sheets in that. I think some of mine were like... I think because of the way David laid those out, yeah, you probably had a lot I, of... Yeah, I, th- I think there were some spacing issues. But I was just blowing up the, the regular Mustang plants to 200%. Yeah, and that's... I think that one's a little bit more tightly packed. Yeah. On the sheet, while the Spitfire ones, or at least the 200% Spitfire ones, were not. So there was a lot of gaps of blank pages. <laughs> that thing, man. I can remember, and you know what I did with the, and I'm kind of doing with this other one that's that's large is, mm-hmm. I'm kind of cutting them like I, uh, I have the wings, and obviously I'm gonna have to like figure out how I'm gonna get those together, and I'm not gonna do them in one piece. I'm gonna join them together, so the wing tips are th- almost 30 inches or whatever, 29 inches long, the size of a foam board, you know. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. So that's just the tips of them. That's what I was sending you guys pictures of, and I did that with the Mustang and. So what I what I normally do is I have two older sheets of Dollar Tree foam taped together that I just keep all the prints, all the plans in. And you know that if it's from flight test, it's not going to be any larger than a single sheet. So they all fit in there nice and neat. I can like I can I can just tie that to the wall and get it out of the way. So I started to do that with the 200 percent plans for the Mustang. But I don't see myself ever building another one of those. Who knows? But I seriously doubt it. Oh, come that, on. That you sucks. know you're going to crash it, and then <laughs> two weeks later, you're going to be like, I'm going to build another one. Maybe. Who knows? I mean... With the, with the new foam. <laughs> with the new foam. Yeah. Honestly, that kind of irritates me a little bit. It's like I start repapering this foam, and it's like, oh, hey, guys, guess what? We're finally releasing the waterproof foam board. Yeah. I'm going to have to get some of it, though. That stuff looks nice. Well, I yes. have a little uh, review coming up. Cool. Sweet, sweet. So... One other thing I want to kind of talk about, and I should have talked about stitching the pages section, but um, kind of to flip around, is at work I had access to uh, a large format printer. Now, it's only a 24-inch wide large format. They go 24 and usually 48. Um, Kinko's obviously might have some different brands and stuff, but the Epson printer that I had available for me I was 24. And what I ended up doing for a lot of the plants that I printed out for myself and I think I printed some out for you too, Kevin, right? Yeah. And and, and also for Jeff. Yep. Um, what I did is I actually took the flight test plans and I, in Illustrator, basically created a document that was 24 inch wide by 80 inches. And I would just take each section and kind of put them, piece them together on the paper. And I was able to print out one long sheet that had every single piece on it. Oh, uh, lucky. Yeah, so Nick, I mean, I know you're already like building and stuff, and I should have mentioned this, but you know, if you, if you want, give me those plans, and I can probably try to do the same thing. Or if you have a future project you want to do, oh, definitely, you just put them, roll them up into a tube, and ship them to me, and yeah. I can just ship them to you in like one of those, you know, media rolled up, you know, yeah. triangle FedEx things or whatever. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah so I will. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. Hooking you up. But um, yeah, so that's another option for folks that don't want to stitch or maybe have access to you know this type of printer at work and they don't mind you using it. Another thing I've recently been doing, recently did with uh, 
my flight fest plane project which is not coming along at all is that i have a 11 by 17 inch printer um nice. so instead of using the, the the large format printer which takes a long time it uses a lot of ink and kind of you know i kind of have to babysit it and i can't really do that when i'm working um i'll use this regular printer it's just a you know an hp printer but it can handle 11 by 17 and you know, think about a flight test plane plan. Like, even if it's like, say, you know, three foam board, that's only about four, like six pieces of eleven by seventeen. You know, or or about that, maybe a little bit more. But um, yeah. So then that's less stitching got to do. That's less um, things you got to try to align up, which uh, makes your plane and the plans a little bit neater. Um, and they do make cardstock versions of that. You know, eleven by seventeen too. So you can do Kevin's method or my method or Nick's method. You know. That's a great so, idea. Yeah, yeah. So um definitely, you know, if your 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 job place of work don't mind, that's an you know, and you can buy your own paper. I know Jeff used to come by. We used to have print nights at, at my job where like Jeff would come by, he, he you know, him and I split a, a a big roll of paper and we just started printing, you know? Nice. So um that you know, and so that's definitely an option too, that you know, if you can if you're lucky enough to have that type of uh tools at your job. You know, and they, they're okay with it. Make sure they're okay with it. Yeah, just people, get chummy with the secretary, dude. Yeah, you know, you'll, you'll be burning right. toner. You know, get good for your IT guys who replace the toners and stuff. Yeah. I have one I more know. option, and that's yeah. what I started doing first off was you can buy the kit from Flight Test. And then, yes, <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. And then that. use my pin method to transfer that kit. Just use it as a template. Yeah. Right. I, I, was, I was actually looking um, – when I started getting into like the CNC stuff for like the 3D printers and whatnot, I was still kind of am thinking about building up just a little CNC plotter that's has a, a marker work surface <laughs> a 20 by 30. Okay. Slide the foam board in and just let it mark it, draw it out for you. Yeah, yeah. I've and I I'm pretty sure I've seen someone else somewhere on the forums or in an article. Someone else was talking about doing like the same thing. Dude, Thingiverse uh, has a uh, 3D printable CNC that I'll probably work on maybe next winter, but it uses, uh, I believe it's three quarter inch EMT as its like frame. So you can go to Home Depot and get the frame. You 3D print the stuff, and right. you need bearings and all that kind of stuff, and you need nice. you need steppers. Yeah. But the belts are kind of on the outside, and the steppers kind of both sides move move it back and forth. It's it's interesting. Let's nice. do it, Kevin. Let's build like one. I, I can donate my old thingiverse that has um, four stepper motors, right? It has the three axes and the, the mm -hmm. um, filament stepper. Oh, the, the maker botters? The... Yeah, the thing thingomatic maker bot the I have. Thingomatics are so nice, though, before MakerBot went downhill. Yeah, but the, the, I mean, mine just it doesn't print very well anymore. And, and I just don't have the time, you know, to really like. I, I overhauled it. I, I took it completely apart and rebuilt all of it, but and it started printing good for a while. And it's like I don't know, I just couldn't I, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And and the, my biggest thing is that the, I don't have a good program for it. So maybe maybe I'll I'll give it another go if I could get a, you know, Cura or um, um, Simplify 3D, you know, get a license for that and and then give that a try. I've but, I've been playing around with Simplify 3D and not through a license, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like using a replicator software freaking sucks. I hate that that old I, school 
software, man. It's, it's I, I yeah, I I had trouble using that too. Yeah, Cura's so been I pretty got, good for me. Yeah, Cura's, I got, is Cura free or is that paid? Cura is free. Cura was okay. Free. Maybe I'll try that because I have used Cura before at work, but when I use Simplify 3D, that was like, it's to me, it's awesome. It has everything there. If if you're advanced enough to go to Simplify 3D, go to Simplify 3D. Yeah. If you're a listener and you're still noobish, stick with like Cura at max. Yeah, because Simplify 3D is you know there's a cost to it. It's like 100, 125 bucks for the license. 149. bucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know there's there's a decent amount of investment cost to just a software piece of software to do your your um your G code. Your slicing. Your slicing. Yeah. Your yeah. Slicing. So. With that price tag, there's so much. It's so advanced. Yeah, all, and I love all the settings the there and the settings. The settings. You have all the different types of infill. You can make little cat or bunny infills and stuff. It's crazy. So, oh yeah, you can add your own like infill designs. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So. so there's that octoprint too. See, I bought the I bought the mini, the Lutzbot mini, and dude, there's a new Lutzbot. Yeah, you see that? Taz six. Yeah. Past six. six, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're going way off topic now. Yeah, that uses that. I just saw a review on that today. That uses the uh, actually, yeah. The anybody can talk about it today, the seventeenth. Um, you know, the YouTubers can all talk about it today and show it. Uh, oh, they were already doing that. Um, well, they weren't supposed to. Most, yeah, <laughs> a lot of them. They were supposed were to wait until the seventeenth. But uh, oh, the one review okay. I saw, you know, it 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 uses the same type of format as the mini, where it has the the self-leveling four corners mm-hmm. and the little cleaning area that it cleans the nozzle before every time. And, um, yeah, it seems like it's pretty decent. It's got a pretty large, you know, build platform. I think it's, uh, 250 by 250. Is it something like that? Or no, yeah. Uh, yeah, something like that. It's close, close to that. But I've been doing a lot of stuff with the mini. I've been maxing that out and it's been, it's been pretty good. I've been having a good time with that. Been fine. I haven't nice. I haven't used the Octoprint, um, but a lot of guys have hooked up like a Raspberry Pi to the Mini because there's no, you know, there's no display or no SD card, and yeah, you know, hooking the it Raspberry up to their Pi network. with Octoprint software is amazing. Yeah, is it? I, I might try that down the road, but I have a I have a um, tablet from work uh, that I have hooked up to it right now, and it's it's been working fine with Cura. Yeah, I've been waiting for Ridgebot to come out uh, the Ridgebot two. It's got a ten by ten by ten inch build platform. Which one do you have, Nick? I have a GTEC. Uh, they're all, or both of mine are just like, uh, what is it, Perusa i3 uh, clones. Okay. Yeah, one's a GTEC, the other one's a Tronics. I think is how you say it. Um, yeah, they're both down for repairs. Well, okay. I I ended up having um, the one has the auto leveling sensor, and it got bumped or something. Ended up getting lifted, and it basically just jammed the nozzle into the bed. Uh. Yeah, ended Ouch. up it ended up bending the uh, what is it the threaded tube whatever to the, the hot extruder. End. Yeah, the extruder. Oh, yeah, I mean so you I, can't replace that, don't you? Though, like you can unscrew that and yeah, you. You can, and I just need to order the part and put it back together. Okay. It just happened a couple days ago. 
but yeah, I was just about getting ready to mock up some 3D printed parts for mm-hmm. uh, a battery tray and whatnot for the Monster Spitfire because I'm going to be running both of my 6S 5000 milliamp hour batteries. In a 6S config or 12S? Six. Uh, <laughs> my my stuff can't help handle the twelve S. So yeah, no, just gonna do ten thousand milliamps and try to get uh, some more time out of it. I'm curious, what what app um, ESC did you have in that monster spit? Ah, uh, we went over this before. Yeah, I don't remember, but was it like a hundred? It was. Uh, now I'm gonna go through my form. Uh, build thread. <laughs> well, you you can get you can get back to me on that. That's a, we're we're really getting off topic now. Um, yeah. One more thing to get off topic. Um, and you know, I'm I'm here standing here, kind of rubbing my hands together with an evil smile on my face. Is uh, my job has gotten a laser cutter, a full fledged like oh. thirty by twenty laser cutter. Nice. I, I haven't gone to see it yet. Um, I've been working in a new building. But I haven't been able to get up to like so we have this you know eight story building and we have a, a sky bridge that we have two other uh, floors on another adjoining building and it's on that side and I haven't gotten a chance to go there recently but um yeah sometime tomorrow or the day after I'm gonna try to sneak my way over there and take a look at that and see you know what kind of laser cutter because it's supposed to have ventilation and everything so it's got to be pretty big. Um, yeah. And that means I can cut anything from foam to acrylic to um, wood, carbon fiber. Hey, while we're talking about 3D printers and ventilation, should I not be breathing in this ABS? ABS, um, no, you should not be. Okay. Not, yeah, not really. You shouldn't be. But um, <laughs> Am I, I going to go like insane from breathing it in? Uh, CPO, uh, COPD? No, I'm joking. Um, I'm not joking about don't inhale those fumes. You know, I mean, I'm not standing over it. Yeah, don't stand no, over yeah. it. Put your nose and be like fanning your your hands towards your face with with the fumes that are coming off it. But I mean, if it's in the same room and you have a window open, you're 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 pretty much fine. It's not gonna. Yeah, you know. it's it's not necessarily the fumes that are bad, but it's the particle count. Yeah, that it gives off, and actually. What they also found out is it's not necessarily the ABS, but if your hot end uses a, a Teflon tube, the Teflon starts breaking down at the temperatures needed to print ABS. Wow. And it's the Teflon that's giving off more uh, of the bad chemicals. Is that including a Teflon tape that sometimes go on the ceramic part of the extruder that you kind of wrap Teflon tape around like that, you know, copper-looking tape? I know some 3D printers use that type of. Uh, oh, you're like, talking about the uh, Kapton tape. Oh no, that's Kapton. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Not, so not, I think that's different. The no, yeah. Not, I don't think mine has any of the Teflon. I haven't seen any tape on it. it seems like it's. No, it, it's not tape. Well. There's literally a, a like Teflon a tube? tube inside the extruder. Oh. Yeah, and that that starts breaking down at like I think they said 240 or something. So print at two thirty nine. <laughs> I don't care. I have to have my three D prints. Yeah, I'm. I, that's pretty much all I know. It's like okay, just window open. But then you got to be careful because if, if the window's open and it's like spring, fall, or winter, and the temperature kind of drops a little, then it f- messes up your print. It's such a hassle. Well, 
<laughs> at that point, you should be able to print out uh, a filter, whatever, a filter box. You could make your filter box, put a fan up to it, and put material in it to clean it out and just circulate the air in the room, and you'll be fine. Now, to jump back, that uh, ESC was 120 amp. Eternity oh. Deluxe. Okay. Cool. Uh, I should be able to handle 12S if it's a high voltage 120 yeah. amp. It's <laughs> six six to twelve S, but no, the motor I don't think will uh, handle twelve. I feel like the motor should be able to. Uh, and, and you want his so motor to end up in Indiana, is what? <laughs> no, I want that thing to be like wow, screaming across the field at like hundred fifty miles per hour. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh man. Yeah, I it, I don't know because on six S. 5,000 milliamp hour battery only lasted like three minutes at full throttle. Wow. Damn. I'd, I'd rather get like six minutes of flight time at full throttle instead of just like, hey, guess what? Oh, gotta land it. <laughs> that would be a crazy. Mine was just the opposite. Yours Mine was just like any. A, yeah. Like a brick <laughs> through the air. Yeah. Yours was. No, no yours would... was, his was a brick. Or not a brick, but it was it was less efficient, I guess. Because yours was super efficient. You barely, I mean, you would like six minutes and be come down with like seventy percent of your battery pack, right, or something like that. Yeah, it was something like that. Mine was heavy. I had so many wooden supports and stuff in it. Yeah. This uh, this one's gonna be a little lighter. Version two, May- maybe. I don't know. Running dual battery, might. Oh yeah, that's a lot of grams of extra weight. <laughs> It might be like just under the old one, which I never got to weigh it. We're gonna at some point have to get the Spitfire and Mustang flying together. Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna bring it. We were supposed to do that last year and didn't get to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I want to see that. I want to see the, those two battle each other. Oh, that's I mean, probably how it'll. <laughs> that's probably how it'll end. Yes, my flying skills may not be that great. <laughs> Oh man! All right, so let's get back on topic, guys. So, right. um, nah, so we <laughs> we talked about transferring to the foam, right? So now, what are you gonna do? You're gonna cut, right? So, yep, you gotta work with your fifty percent cuts. You gotta, you know, I usually take all the scrap pieces, cut them into smaller pieces, put them in a box. You're gonna need them for when you're gluing. And the way I do it, sometimes I come up with crazy sized scraps, and I'll actually use those as some of the turtle deck formers, some of the smaller pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, down yep. down the road. Yeah. Or if yeah. you need some support somewhere, yeah, it's always nice. It's like, oh, this this piece of scrap will do just fine. It's the right size. Yep. But I mean, if you have that one inch strip that goes down the edge, you can keep that. But if you have fourteen of them, throw them out because you're just gonna keep moving them around. And oh man, I don't know how many of those I've moved out of the way, and then they'll sit somewhere for like a month. And I'm like, I'm just either putting them in a box somewhere or I'm throwing them out. Yeah, usually I I slice them diagonal, so I have like kind of sharp pieces of them. Okay. And then I put them in a box, and then when I'm doing my gluing, I glue like say I'm doing a B fold, I glue it up, and then I take it and scrape the inside edge. And I usually like them um, like at least two three inches long, so I could get in there and just clear out that excess glue because any extra glue you leave in the plane is extra dead weight. That you know it's not gonna make the the uh, the bond any stronger. It's just going to add that extra weight. So I try to clean as much glue. Um, when I do my 
um, what is the, I guess when you do your fold over wing and, the, and you have your airflow and basically those two parts that kind of fold down from the middle, I glue those. I stick the hot gun, you know, hot glue gun in there, load a beetle glue, scrape as much off, and then I fold the wing over and hold it. And then it, and it keeps that shape, and it also reinforces that uh, portion so that the paper doesn't, you know, the foam doesn't separate from the paper on the top, and then you get some weird shape stuff. Um, yeah, I've never had a problem with that. I, do I the did same on the thing. storch. Oh, I, did if, you? When I didn't do that, yeah, I had a problem with the storch. Oh. Like, or was it one of my Mustangs? It was one of my planes where, like, oh no, it was the FT3D. I didn't do it on that one because I got all weird with the symmetrical airfoil. That like I didn't do it, and the, the foam on the inside part came off the top piece of paper, so push in, and then it got all distorted. Um, you know your bevel cuts. That is probably one of the hardest things to first learn how to use to do, and then but once you do it several times and you get the, you know the angle right because you have to have a really I don't know. Is it shallow or deep? I think it's deep, right? It's a like deep 45. angle. Yeah, 45 sometimes is all you I, need. on the control surfaces. Sometimes I go more. The only mm-hmm. time I've had to really do a a big angle on that, like even more than forty five, is on the uh, when you're building the Bloody Wonder. There's a, that wing when you fold that over. They they wanted you to do like a real steep angle on that. Oh no no no! I'm, I'm talking about the blade. How I hold the blade. Oh, you're talking about cutting the foam at a forty five. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're going to cut like, you know, you're going to have basically like the foam and you want to cut a 45 angle slot in it. But I'm talking about how deep the the blade angle is onto the foam. Oh, you don't you don't want to make it perpendicular where the knife is cutting the you know hobby knife or the yeah because it'll walk in and out on you. Yeah, it'll it'll walk in and out, but it'll actually bunch up the foam. Yeah, I, I keep that on a real good angle, probably whatever I can as much of that razor blade as I can get in there and still keep a 45. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, definitely use as much of the blade as possible. Use as it much as a blade easier. Mm-hmm. And by just angling that the thing as much as you can and then you just run it along. Um and if you, you know, kind of run along and you kind of pull out of it and you don't make the full cut, you can just kind of go back to where your angle was and just kind of use it as a guide and just keep on cutting and you'll you'll go through it. Um it's kind of hard to explain. Flight Test does a great video on it. So definitely take a look at that. Um, you, know, you can search that. They do also make, I know Nick was pointing this out, they make 3D blade holders to do those 45 degree cuts and even 50% um, cuts. Yeah. So that way you don't cut all the way through your foam. Yeah. If you've got a 3D printer or know someone who does, you can or go you on can Thingiverse. Those, yeah. You can also use those sites, right, that will actually print a 3D model for you and ship it to you for, you know, a decent yeah. price for nothing yeah. too crazy. And, you know, and you can get them printed to you if you, if you do find something you want to do. Um, there's always the standing method, too. Um, I don't like to do the standing method because it just gets dust, you know, foam particles everywhere. But, you know, if you're working with kids and you have a garage and an area that you can kind of get dirty, then that is definitely an option. You take a standing block, hold the, the foam on the edge of the table, and then you just you know slowly do a a 45 degree uh a sand on it yeah definitely watch all the build videos from flight tests they will help you you know kind of visualize what we're talking about because they you know a lot of these techniques are from flight tests and are from our experience um 
building flight test plans and how we learned how to build foam um, airplanes. Yeah, stop bothering Fred. Watch a damn video. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. He's just talking to Fred's funny. Sometimes he comes up and he talks about some of the uh, customer service issues or talks, whatever, people thinking about what plane to buy. Well, I got I to gotta give him, like, all the credit in the world to to do that. I couldn't do it. I yeah. And stay sane. Yeah, exactly. He's right. he's got uh, he's got quite the job doing that. Everyone, thank Fred. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, thank Fred. you, Fred. Now let's kind of go to a section about yes, you got flight tests. You got you know what's that other one? Mesa RC fighters, RC. Yeah, the Mesa RC foam fighters. Foam fighters. Yeah, those uh, the guy Jake, I think, from uh, Arizona. Experimental Airlines. Ed. Yeah. And then you have a bunch of folks, uh, obviously, at the flight test community. There's, you know, Nerdnik, and there's a bunch of people that build their own and design their own planes and make it oh. available. Nerdnik's got a whole completely different style of cutting, and he's got his own tips and tricks that yeah. he's got to learn for his speed builds. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, definitely his earlier ones are very FT-influenced. As he grown, he's getting into... You know, removing the layers of paper and kind of foaming, like f- forming these like rounded shapes and like very, really intricate stuff. Um, you know, yeah, way more I'm, than a 45 degree bubble cut. If he happens to listen to this podcast, I'm still waiting for the 810 build video. <laughs> I still have that partially. Good luck. <laughs> I Good want luck. that 810 is like one of the awesome, like one of the best, like. You know, jet planes that you want, you know, people want to see built, and it's like, ah, oh, I want it. Well, that's the thing you have to understand with a lot of the guys that aren't flight test, you know, that they they most likely won't have built videos. A lot of them don't even have instructions. Um, yeah, they're just plans, right? They're just plans, mm-hmm. yeah. And like, I've built that middle stick like three times now, and uh, there's no, it's really, there might be some form of plans out there now, but when I started, there was none. And it was just like numbered, things were numbered, and then they were numbered on where they should go. And it was kind of like you have to figure it out. And you really, you know, it's Dollar Tree foam, and you're not, it's not like you have to be super critical about where you put stuff. You know, some of the stuff, yeah, but some of it where it's just bracing, you know, you don't have to be crazy with it. Look at Nerdnik's plans. It's nothing. Like, they don't tell you anything. They don't tell you, like, this is part number four, which four is this thing, but that's it. It doesn't tell you where it goes, how it goes, what parts you glue first, what parts you don't. It's really confusing. Well, that's part of the fun, dude. Yeah, Unlike, definitely. No. I mean, yes and, and then, no. Then trying to wrap your hands around a... Yeah, I was, was going to say, it, it definitely... It's been hot glued. Yeah, it, and then... It definitely get, does not say burn your finger with hot glue. <laughs> Hey, but that's that's the end result. But that's the end result. That's what you're <laughs> that going the, for. Burnt that finger. was the, no, no. But that was the end result of not having instructions. Oh, so if you say want, so. So Nerdnik <laughs> expect a bill from Steve. <laughs> no, no, that thing, that thing costs. Um, you know, I mean, it cost me some scarring, but I don't actually even notice it on my finger. I don't think I even have a real scar anymore. I still got to post the the videos. I'll probably make a little time lapse thing or a little picture video of all the daily pictures I took of that. Anyways, I do want to also talk about folks like Kevin Matusik. Mm-hmm. You know, 
he takes the time to design a plane, and I mean, I think what did he say? It took like a good like eight or nine months of his life to like do the R and D and design it and keep on improving it and and all the stuff, or maybe like six months. Dude, now you're gonna make me cry because I still haven't built any of his stuff. The guy's <laughs> taken all this time, gave us such but, a great deal, and I still haven't built anything. I'm sorry, Kevin. And the good and the, the point that I want to make of it is that. He, you know, this is not his job, right? Like Nurnik, it's that's not his. He doesn't get right. really get paid to do this. He might sell a kit here and there, but you know, it's not like he gets paid to do this. But he takes the time to make a build video. He takes the time to show people how to build this plane, which is so in line with flight tests. Yeah, you know, and that's why, like, I had to like at at Neff, I had to like, you know, Josh, you got to take a look at this, Fred. Bring it to Josh's attention. Like, this guy's doing really good stuff with this plane, you know, and he's making the build videos. He's making it easy for people to build this plane and be successful. So, um, you know, so yeah. So, there's definitely plans out there. Um, the next thing we can talk about is what Kevin and I am kind of doing. Kevin's more successful right now. I'm just haven't put the time in to do as much, but taking a balsa kit plan. And making a foam version of that plane. So, Kevin, this is, I'm going to let you kind of run with this first because you have more experience and you've actually took in a balsa kit plan, just a, a floor plan basically or a diagram plan, and taken that and built the plane out of it. And you test flew it last week. So, yeah, tell us about that. Well, I did. This isn't my first attempt. The very first time I tried to build a kit from. A, a Dollar Tree plane from Balsa or semi-Balsa plans was, man, I probably have a forum post, too, that's dated back to, like, 2012. Uh, it was Steve Shoemate had a an F-16 plan that I kind of tried to build. I actually got pretty far with it, but then I scratched it because uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't working out the way I wanted it. But uh, this was a while back, and this was... I don't know if you're, anybody's familiar with an F-16. The, 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 at the at the very end of the F-16, the fuselage kind of like rounds in both top and bottom, and from the sides. So I had I had stripped back some paper and and was starting to round stuff off back then. Uh, I tried to make a nose that was decent, and that came out. It turned out terrible. But you got to understand that you're not using. It's nothing like working with a flight test set of plans. Or anything like that. With the balsa plans, a lot of times you get a half a wing, or and a half of mm-hmm. an elevator, and you yep. have to figure that out. And if you if you think you're going to cut those plans out and and stick them on something, a lot of times they overlap. Like the the landing gear will overlap into the elevator section, and it's really you have to you have to really look at what your plans are, and you should probably choose them better than I did considering I chose that one with the giant elevator. Um, but there's a really good uh, website that has a lot of plans, and it's a U.K. site. It's it's like outer, it's outer something dot U.K., mm-hmm. and they have a, a ton of balsa plans. But what I basically did was I cut out. Now, I picked, one, I picked a plane that is more or less boxy, and after you've done a few of these flight test ones, you can kind of get an idea of how you should cut this out um you can start with the you know the top down view and cut that out 
and you can cut out the side piece. And then a lot of the balsa stuff back in the day will still have formers for the turtle deck, so you can cut those out, and you can still use the techniques that, that Flight Test does to, to get a relatively good-looking plane. When it comes down to the wings, though, that, that gets a little more complex because the wings on a balsa kit, you would actually sand down the leading edge and the trailing mm-hmm. edge and then, and then build them up with, with, um, with ribs and stuff like that. Right. You kind of have to just guesstimate, this is where I want the brakes to be, this is how I want to lay the wing out, and just just go for it, you know, and just see how it works. Awesome. And that's as far as I got with the, the plan so far. I mean, I haven't, like you said, I did, I was able to successfully fly one, so yeah. some, something worked out correctly. So so I'm curious, I know you, you sent us pictures of the... Um the wing span type of deal, like the, the top portion of the wing. Now, how do you estimate the bottom portion? How do you kind of, you know, I guess taking the idea of flight fest or not flight fest, sorry, flight test, um, you know, you're going to have the top being, you know, having the airflow and the bottom will most likely be flat, right? Right. Well, the, so then like the top part, I use the actual, um, the plan, the right? Plan. Yeah. And, that can be a little deceiving because you're actually going to make it when it's all said and done and it's formed over the spar. It's going to be shorter a little bit, maybe a half an inch. And this is where you can't sure. get like you can't get crazy. I almost yeah. added a half an inch to to the plans that I had, but then I was like, "How am I going to do this? How am I going to add a half inch if I move the the plans up a half an inch and then back a half an inch? It would have just been a nightmare. You might as well just like nobody's out there with a ruler going, "This isn't scale." Because then you're, you're you're thinking, okay, so from the middle portion where I guess on the balsa plane you'd have your your rib, and the ribs usually have your leading edge, two uh, strips on the top and on the bottom, and then you have your trailing edge, and then so okay, from those two strips in the middle, you can extend each end a quarter inch or half an inch. Yeah, no, nah, I think that just really get complicated. It's easier to just go from the top view and use mm-hmm. that as a as a template for the wing, right? And like I yeah, like I said, make a decision. Here's where the spar is on the. Usually you'll get a spar point, um, and then just say. Usually you'll get a cross section of what the rib looks like, and just go. You know, take your ruler and be like, here's a straight line from these two points, and you know that part's an inch and a half, and then the next part's three and three and a half, and then the top part's five and a half, and then maybe the back is what whatever, you know, and all of that adds up to maybe a half an inch longer than, you know, your top view. Okay. Is what I was, you know, saying. So, but just, you know, you can you can get a rough estimate of where the brakes are going to be, you know, and I mean the fold points as you're folding the top piece over that flat bottom piece. But a lot of times, what I'll what I've done now uh, with the the last couple of planes that I've built like this is, uh, and especially this one, I cut the aileron out. I'll look at like a uh, a, a stock picture or a scale picture, and I'll say, "All right, the aileron kind of ends there because this one had no ailerons on it." Um, and so I did that, and then I don't have obviously that bottom piece go past the ailerons because then it's not going to work. So I kind of ended it there. But what you have to keep in mind when you do that is the the very trailing edge of the the of the top part of the wing has to has to equal where the even though it's not continuing on to the trailing edge, mm-hmm. the bottom piece, you can't really have that come down because then you're kind of like making it a flap almost, if you know what I mean. Yeah, or like the end of the, the trailing the edge. The top shit, part, right. Right, has to equal the bottom 
at a certain right. point. Right. So even like, even though you're not continuing it, right? Uh, initially, you you have to like maybe make up a little space or so if you were to continue that that trailing edge mm-hmm. part would equal the bottom of the wing. Right. So that's probably what I'm going to wind up doing on the on the larger one. Like if you look at the FT Mustang, if you look at that wing, um, mm-hmm. that that bottom piece is kind of a rectangle and just stops yeah. the whole the whole back of the wing is like yeah is is got that you know the top part is kind of overhanging the back. Sure, yeah, it almost yeah it overhangs, but but if you actually laid the wing flat on the table, that right they trailing both, edge is level right, and that's key because if it's not, then you unintentionally put in uh, flaps. You're adding flaps, yeah. Yeah. So even with the, I think it was the Spitfire, they added like a little quarter inch piece in there to bump it up a little bit so it was equal. I think what I'm going to wind up doing with the big one is um, just filling that part in where it's not an aileron. You know, uh, just to make it, mm-hmm. you know, more flush, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's why like on some of the flight test plans, you'll see that there's um, a wing sp- there's a wing spar and there's also a trailing edge for spar to to prop that up a little so that way it's not overhanging and stuff right. like that. Yeah, yeah. with the Spitfire. Mm-hmm. Spitfire, yep. But yeah, that's the I'm... hardest part. That that getting that yeah. getting that wing figured out. It's not hard to figure it out. It's just not something that you see immediately when you look at those plans. Right. The rest is pretty simple. You can you can just take the side, you know, view and go, all right, here's where the turtle deck starts. Even a lot of the the plans like this balsa plan that I have for this this uh, thing I'm working on, it has a line right down the side view of the fuselage to where the spars start. So that's where I cut that. Yeah. And that's where I started the side of it. So how do you so – I know you were mentioning before like the, the plans – like my plans only have like 60% of the, the elevator or 60% of the wing. The wing obviously – you know, we could use your technique of using the template and kind of just flipping it or doing it on two pieces and then, you know, making your two halves. But, like, how do you do that with the elevator? Because that's usually one piece or the, yeah, the rudder's one on this plane. But, yeah, on my elevator, it's only showing me 60% of the elevator and the rest is just, you know, disappears on the plan. Well, just your center point's going to be where the rudder kind of, like, ties in. Uh-huh. Uh, I and just... near it. Yeah, I just made a you know center point and just flipped it over so you just flip the piece of paper you cut yeah or traced out traced okay. out and, yeah, and just flip it over and so i guess I, i'm forced to do it your method more than mine because i was thinking about it, if i cut it out and i'm like oh and now i gotta line it up and figure it out or just go with half an elevator man oh that might work <laughs> i'll just do half and then put it in the middle and just be one end will be a little bit longer and no, <laughs> uh, it's, it's not bad. Yeah, if you do the the, like the pin method I was talking about before, yeah. Hmm? I mean, you think with okay. the elevator, if you with the elevator, it's just you know you have the the you're tracing it out, and there's only two pinholes for where the elevator itself is is gonna move, and then you can just two two other pinholes for where you're gonna flip it over. Yeah. So it's pretty easy on the large one that I'm doing, and even the middle stick this time around, I've doubled mm-hmm. up the rudder. And have two forty fives kind of like back to back to where the paper that's not cut is in the middle. Oh, nice! And I noticed on the middle stick is especially because that elevator is got to be like sixteen inches wide. Um, that and it's close to the ground that it kind of like got warped being a single piece. So this time around, I doubled that up also, but I also 
cut like a channel out and made like a one inch by maybe 14 inch piece of uh of luan i cut out of quarter inch luan and i kind of like put that in inside in, in between the two right so that's in there to hold hold it. it's pretty strong now like it's not gonna curl up at all oh that's cool that's that's gonna cause especially like when it rains or it gets humid at flight fest it's definitely nice to yeah, in the summertime for some yeah, a lot yeah, of times too, you're summertime. out in the, you're out in a field that you know used to be a farm or used to be something, but it's wide open. And for some reason, yeah, there's a lot of humidity that comes up at at night sometimes. Or so, how do you guys handle putting the two pieces of foam together when you're doubling up the layers? Do you just kind of like squeeze glue in there and just kind of smear it? Like take the two foam pieces and kind of rub them together in circle motion and smear the glue out. Because every time I try to do like things like that, I end up like there's more glue on one spot, or like you know, it's never even. Like if you're doing it on a on the whole horizontal stabilizer, like or a vertical stabilizer, you want that to be like perfectly together as one piece, right? Yeah, I actually had the two pieces of the. Uh, I did that on the Mustang, the 200% Mustang, and I had the elevator. Uh, the two pieces start to separate when I was at Flight Fest last year. Uh, so I stuck some hot glue in there and kind of pushed it together. But when I got home, I took some scrap pieces of wood and put the hot glue in there and then actually clamped the wood on each side. And I was able to clamp it. Oh, okay. And it really didn't squish the foam that much because the clamps weren't really, like, crazy. Uh, nice. But it actually worked really well. I did it on both sides, and, you know, that'll keep me flying for a little bit longer. Yeah, for my Spitfire... Um, since I had repapered it and whatnot, I actually just used the polycrylic. I threw another coat on both sides, stuck it together, put a bunch of weight on top, and left it till it dried and used that as glue. Oh, okay. Cool. Wow, that's a neat tip. Yeah, I think um I think I'm gonna try using um the white gorilla glue this time though. Get a little stronger bond. Yeah, Gorilla Glue was amazing. Yeah, the hot Stuff. glue did not hold up. Um, I know a few people seen it. Like, the wing was coming apart. I could fold open the wing, and you could see all the stuff inside. At hmm. Flight Fest last year, it was pretty bad. So I think almost all the glue that's going to be on it is going to be either, like, the Gorilla Glue or something else that doesn't deal with temperature. Yeah, Gorilla Glue... Um... I like that stuff. It does that. The foaming bit gets a little like you have to watch it. You got to be careful because um yeah, yeah sometimes the foam just comes like oozing out if you put too much. So yeah, it's definitely one of those things. A little goes a long way. Yeah, yeah for sure. See, I've only used the caulk gun style, and I I used it on the Beaver to put that spar in because that wooden spar, I bashed it too many times, and I just put a bead of that down and stuck that carbon fiber rod on top of the wing and mm-hmm. dude it was i was back in business wait which what do you mean by the caulk style they make like uh a caulk gun style of mm. it must be a lot thicker yeah it was, it's, it's not it's the not, bottles it's not the water activated one no okay yeah all right so that, that's that's why that's why the water activated one where you you put the glue it looks like kind of like wood glue or, you know, like regular, like Elmer's glue almost, but 
you basically spray the, the surface down and then you put this glue and then you pinch the two pieces together and you hold it and then like after a while like you'll see it you could tell on the, the sequoia that i uh that you bought from me that there's all this like yellow like almost like foam sticking out of the cracks and stuff that's that the gorilla glue expanding oozing out so a lot of it i was able to kind of catch it and wipe it off as it was coming out but the, and then and then some of it i just kind of i just taped the seam and kind of like use it to try to stop it from there but um and then but what's good about it is you can actually sand that stuff so oh, if it does cool. lose out you can sand them you know sand it down so yeah and they make the the white gorilla glue now too so mm-hmm. yeah so it doesn't come out yellowish yeah because it almost looks like that um the like, foam? insulation foam yeah yeah the expansion foam mm-hmm. yeah yeah great stuff Mm-hmm. They stole that idea from me because I was coming out with the same product back in the '80s, and I was going to call it pretty good shit. <laughs> pretty good shit, really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one tip for uh, when you build foam board planes: bevel cuts, glue your hinges. Yeah. You know, put a little streak of glue, and just before the glue dries, just you know, scrape the crap out of it. Get all that excess glue. That ensures that the glue—it's not really a the, the hinge part I'm worried about is the foam to paper part that mm-hmm. always ends up coming undone if you don't glue the hinges. So do it for all your hinges. I do it for every single hinge. Yeah, and that's tricky to do at first, but you'll get the hang of it. Just mm-hmm. get as much of the glue out of there as you can. Yeah, yeah. Scrape, scrape as much glue. Also, don't go too slow with the glue gun because you end up melting the foam and having more paper exposed in the, in the hinge, which then will give you a bump on the top part of the hinge. So um, it's kind of hard to explain, but yeah, don't, you know, try to go quickly with a small bead, scrape, scrape, scrape. It'll start drying up. When it starts drying up, stop. Because if you try to scrape while it's um, almost solidified, it basically starts to roll up in balls and start getting stuck, and then you get clumps. So... So anyways, you want me to move on to my little review of, uh, since I've been working with the new flight test foam? Yes, please. I want yeah. to hear all about yes. it. All right. So this stuff is water resistant or waterproof. It's got a little wax layer on it for anybody that doesn't know. And I haven't painted it yet, but I've. it was actually really cool that they had the paint video like just this Monday or Tuesday and uh, it showed you how to how to what technique you need to, to use just sand it a little bit but uh i found that cutting it is because of that wax coating it cuts yeah. so much easier than paper really yeah it really freaking cuts nice like the blade lasts a lot longer yeah that's gonna be my next question how does the blades hold up yes yeah. it cuts the same and and i haven't done too much gluing with it yet but uh actually no i i did glue the 90s on the fuselage so and those went fine. The only thing I didn't like about it was I'm joining two pieces together, obviously, to make a 68-inch long fuselage. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing it where you know you lay two pieces flat, put a piece of tape on it, mm-hmm. flip it over. You have a little V. You put foam, you know, you put um, hot glue in that little V, right. and then flip it back over. If you don't put some kind of like packing tape down on the table. And then flip it back over to where your, you know, where your glue line is. Uh huh. That's gonna stick. That that hot glue is gonna stick to anything. And I don't know if it happens with paper as much as it did with this, but uh, it tore real, 
like it tore up. It stuck everywhere and just ripped the paper right off the foam. And you don't just do like the twisting motion to get it like to break from the yeah. table. I tried that. No, and it did not work. Oh, hmm. So you just you guys got to be a little bit, you know, easier on that. But I don't know how many people are doing that, like joining pieces like that. Well, you, everyone really, because you think about it, you put a wing together, you're joining the two halves together of the wing, and you're using the same technique. Well, yeah. If you join two halves, if you join two fully made wings together, yeah. Right, but, like and, your Spitfire, your Mustangs, your. But you then know. you're going completely around. You're not really. You know what I mean? You're not really. You're kind of like taping the bottom, opening it up, putting the hot glue in there, and just. Oh, and you're, you're leaving the glue part, the open part on top, and you're scraping the glue off. Wait, yeah. so when you did it on your your fuselage, you would. You would basically have tape on one side, and then you would put the tape side up, or wouldn't the tape side be down? Yeah, I put the tape side up. I probably should have put the tape side down and just scraped it off. But I, what I was trying to do was get a seam where I could put the tape on the inside, and you, and you wouldn't see the tape. But ah, I see what you mean. Okay. You're gonna see it anyways because the way it just it tore the paper off. Yeah, but couldn't you just still do that? Tape the inside, and then keep the the inside part up. Facing like up off the table, and then you 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 know you do your squeegee, and then when you um or sorry the outside of it you would take yeah. the side and then you would yeah you could have done that yeah I could have done that but I didn't huh? I was like I don't want, I didn't want to waste stuff I didn't want to waste the sheet I'm sure you can make other parts of that sheet being that few sides being that big <laughs> yeah and you know what I'm probably gonna wind up doing is going over it with some filler because I'm probably gonna have a couple seams here and there and uh huh see how that takes. I mean, I mean that also. I mean, on this plane, you're going to be painting anyways, right? So most of that like yeah. stuff will kind of, you know, go with the paint if you put any stickers on it or anything, you know? I think you'll yep. be all right. I think I'm probably painting everything. No stickers. Even the stickers? Well, you have an no, airbrush, no, right, or no? Yeah. Okay. But I'll probably be like, if I do any kind of detail stuff like that small, I'll probably be stenciler or something like that. Right, right. But I liked it, man. I thought it was great. I mean, other than that, and that was probably my fault, mm-hmm. I don't see anything wrong with this stuff. Yeah. Like, it's pretty awesome. I'm really intrigued about the the easier to cut and blades lasting longer. Yeah. Like, I didn't it's know. It's almost like the wax part of it, like, helped the blade go through the. Right. The it, like, coats foam. the the knife, so it gives it a, like, a protective coating as it cuts. That's cool. I, I don't, I'm sure you, I'm, I don't think you did this, but does it weigh anymore? Um, is it heavier feeling because it no, lacks? No, doesn't feel heavier at all. Is the foam any thicker or thinner because of the wax? Like, it, does your B cuts or a? No, it's actually just, it's actually exactly the same. There's still little little tiny waves in it, a little bit on some of them. I mean, it's good stuff. It's exactly the same as the Adams stuff. That well, it is Adams, right? Like they make it. Yeah. yeah. So it's probably the same foam, but they add the. Like craft paper type of paper on it with the wax coating, so yeah. it's water resistant. Now, um, how was the edges from the when you cut a line and you have an edge of wax or foam paper and then I mean, the, sorry, the paper and then you have the foam and then the paper. How are the edges like? If you were to roll your finger on it, does the edges feel like they come undone from the the foam easy? Because I feel like the the regular stuff, it's easy to like peel off or easier to initiate the peel like you know the adhesive on the paper to the foam doesn't seem strong hmm yeah i haven't i haven't pulled any of the paper off hmm curious like if you can take some scrap piece and just kind of like rub your finger like 45 degree on the edge of the foam to see like 
does it catch? Does it come off? Does the glue seem like, does the glue seem stronger, you know, than the regular stuff? I've done the bevel cuts on the ailerons and yeah, I didn't, it didn't look like it was coming off at all. Okay. I'm sure I'll have more info on it as I mm-hmm. continue building. Cause I, I mean, I know Peter was also saying in his uh, paint video that once he sands them down and uses like a, a paint, you know, it basically makes it waterproof at that point. Because it seals all the, the foam parts, too. Yeah, I've seen some testing where a guy had cut a T-section out and had it sitting in a glass of water for, like, 48 hours and had, like, no issues with it. But uh, I'm pretty sure if you were to paint over the corners, all the edges, mm-hmm. that's that stuff could be like a submarine. Yeah, or like a hovercraft. You could fly around on the water. Yeah. You know, I'll, or like, or uh, what are those in, in Florida? They have those a lot. Those big uh, fans in the back, and you got like the joystick. Oh, the, uh, Fred will fix us later. Yeah, yeah, Fred. Come on, you got to know this one. <laughs> All right, so. Um, news. Do we have any news? I went on to Hobby King and I saw that uh, one of their new products is an old Eagle Sports uh, plane, which is. <laughs> Immediately, I was like, okay, what model is Hobby King ripping off now? <laughs> I shouldn't say it like that, but they've done it to so many different Hobby planes. King doesn't rip other ideas and planes off of Well, they basically stole companies. it from them, themselves because this thing looks like it's a, like a it's like 876-millimeter small Bixler-looking pusher plane. Uh, but it, I noticed it, had FP, it was able to do FPV. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if they're competing with the FT Arrow. <laughs> so that was it. That was all I saw. I, I go there just to see what's what's new and what's coming out. Mm. Nice. Airboat or fanboat? Airboats, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, so does EPP. EPP is pretty strong, right? Is it EPO? Or e- no, EPP is pretty strong, right? I keep on getting those mixed up, EPO and EPP. I think EPP is like... The regular foam. EPP is like, like that stuff. Um, like that big uh, my my F my FMS plane. No, I thought that was the stuff that um, Laser Toys was making their stuff out of. Like the the like little foam balls that get like you know glued together almost or like formed together, like like the RA core stuff. You talking about like that or the yeah. Twisted Hobby stuff? Yeah, Twisted Hobbies RA cores. Okay, right, so that stuff is pretty durable. So then EPO is the more like foam. Like warbirds, foamies, and stuff like that, right? Yeah, right. I'm, I'm foam board. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 foam board and helicopters and some oh, you some boys. Come on, we get to use real material like carbon fibers, aluminum, and plastic. You can, make, <laughs> you can make planes out of that stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm surprised no one's made like a full like. You know, instead of taking a ball, I mean, this is going to be super expensive, but like, n- you know, not not including sheeting stuff, right? When you sheet uh, a balsa wing, so it's, mm-hmm. so it's like a solid wing. Um, but, you know, when you take a wing and, you know, you use ribs and all this stuff, like, why hasn't anyone made one out of carbon fiber? Probably just, someone has, but yeah, I don't know. Don't they make the jets out of that? Is it? I thought they were still like aluminum and balsa or wood. Not balsa. I know that they'll do the uh, 
I thought they were just most of it was fiberglass on those. Oh yeah, fiberglass. Yeah, That's fiberglass. Yeah. EPP is the uh, is the stuff like Twisted Hobbies and uh, EPO is the more denser like yeah Warbird type stuff. Yeah, like my FMS P forty seven or whatever, right? Yeah. Your your Corsair, your Mustangs, the the one that I ran with running launch. <laughs> so what's next for you in the hobby, Kevin? What's next for me? Yeah, I'm 3D printing the frame for uh, the internal workings of this 94-inch plane I'm working on to hold wooden stuff here and there and probably landing gear. And I've been having a blast with the 3D printer, man. Also been doing a uh, little tiny... uh, I 3D printed a tank. I'll have to post uh, some pictures of this. Yeah, that thing looks awesome. On uh, Instagram. Maybe Facebook. And yeah, it's just gonna be some like stupid autonomous like little thing with that I might mess around with an Arduino, and uh, I might give it to my my nephews. I don't know, let them play with it or something. I don't know. I might eventually like make it FPV or something. Who knows? Just something I've been screwing around with. Nice. It was I. It was on Thingiverse. The guy made a really nice tank model and and had everything, but then it looked like he was linking to the treads like to purchase them from him mm-hmm. so i was like screw that i'm just gonna make my own so i made my own and i'm probably won't wind up posting them on thingiverse if i do an account or whatever it's, i'm gonna see how it comes out but i got these nice. little tiny dc motors from um i don't even know where it was like a bang good knockoff they were like five bucks a piece and yeah. they have little worm gears on them and I, I i put one to it and it worked it turned it so i'm like all right these things will work i just gotta 3d print the other treads the other 150 tank treads so those are individually each tread you print out and then you link them together. Yeah, and you how do you do them? You, you use a pin lock or do you just you screw them together? I've been screwing them together with uh, three millimeter bolts. Wow. Yeah. So I've I have like three hundred <laughs> three millimeter bolts I ordered. Uh, wow. It's it's cool though. I just wanted to see if I could do it. You Dude, know? it looked amazing, man. Yeah. And then uh, I did a quick check, and Flight Fest 16 is only one month and three weeks away. So oh my God. get working on whatever you have to f- get ready. Yeah. It's, what, Tuesday, and we have 58 days. Yeah, so by the time this comes out, it'll be one month, three weeks. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, what are you going to be working on, man? Um, if I can get my 3D printer back up and running, I will be making internal parts, just like you, for my plane got to continue working on that 200% Spitfire. Uh, And then if everything works out, I'm wrapping up the final plans to be able to make it out to the Freefall RC Helifest. Freaking nice, man. Awesome. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting, which, again, that's only 39 days away Hmm. Uh, from Tuesday. Those people are listening on Friday. No, I have not. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to get there and someone's going to buddy box me. Uh, it's going to be one of those things. I've already accepted it. Someone's going to be like, you're not leaving until you fly this heli. Yeah, as long as, like, at least just hover a heli and be like, take off and see what it's like. <laughs> and I will remind the person, as long as you don't mind this, potentially not going home in one piece. I'm going to have to make sure, you know, get a crash kit ready. Pick yeah. your cheapest helicopter. 
maybe no, it doesn't, doesn't have to be the cheapest. It's not. I mean, I'll let you fly my oxy. I, I'm. I. I said that to Joel Cannon. I was like, yo, you know, you guys want you want to try it. Uh, I've never buddy boxed anyone with a heli, so, and I've only done a little bit of buddy boxing on a plane. So I mean, but I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll risk a crash to to, you know, have a couple laughs and have fun. You know, trying it out because either way, whether we crash or not. It's gonna be awesome, you know. It's gonna be fun, so I, I'm, you know, I'll I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that for the team, you know. Take one for the team there. Oh God, <laughs> I'm so, already getting nervous. <laughs> no, you'll you'll be fine. <laughs> well, I'll I'll be fine. That's right. I will be fine. Just that heli will probably be augered three feet into the dirt. <laughs> nah. uh, I, I mean, haven't I've... been able to do that yet, so I don't think it can be done. I don't know. You don't have my skills. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Your two hundred percent Mustang lasted for two years. I got two flights. <laughs> oh. But then I wouldn't blame your flight skills for the end results. Just, you know, like you had issues, electrical issues, and that's you know, yeah, that's yeah. Seen, right. So, you know, losing more. Hey, yeah, I got I got one good flight that was videotaped. Looks beautiful. I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is that? And then Peter also flew it, right? He maidened it for you? Yeah, he maidened it. He got the first flight. I got the second, and it crashed. And and then, oh, you crashed on your first flight with it? or Yeah. No, that was technically my first flight. Uh, The second flight was its crash. Right, okay. It was awesome. It it felt amazing in the air. And then landing blew it apart. Yeah. (laughs) And I think you would have had the landing if if it just wasn't so... uh, if whoever threw their plane out and yeah, yeah, because I, I was gonna use the word kind of, or if I just would have went through it, right, <laughs> right, and made confetti. If I just would have made confetti, that that twenty by ten would have just tore right through it. <laughs> Probably would have started a lipo fire. I could have landed. That would have been spectacular. That would yes, that would have been so spectacular. It would have been like. <laughs> confetti all over some little bit of flames all over yeah yeah and then i would have felt bad and had to like buy someone a plane kit what plane was it was it a uh like an ft I, yeah it was an ft plane it looked like one that was probably built at the event it was still white there was no coloring to it there was... right right yeah it might have been some kids playing and you know we don't want anyone to yeah get upset or anything but yeah okay it is what it is. It's the past now, and we'll hopefully see that new version two, a little bit lighter version um, this hopefully year. Hopefully, a little bit lighter. <laughs> cool. No guarantees. Well, he's still gonna do like all the the mods and the power system, and like how you had all the things like modular and connections and bus systems and oh yeah, it's like and all. Uh, all my stuff is um, like all the servos and whatnot for the wing. Yeah. All that was all soldered together. I pretty much cut the wing apart, cut all the foam, and just started ripping servos. Like, I can pick up one wire and pick up the whole wing uh, electronics. It's all hanging right. from... Um, okay. Same thing with fuselage. It's just a bundle mess of wires right now. Um, <laughs> some of it needs to be a little rerouted better. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it's it's pretty much everything still all together. It just needs to be put in another air cr- airframe. Awesome. Hopefully I get a couple more flights out of it. Maybe, maybe 
if I don't want the wings to fold, might let David fly it if he's up to it. We'll go get a couple of flights in, you know. Yeah, exactly, because yeah, he, yeah, he, likes to, he likes to push them a bit. Yeah. Nah, he'd be cool with yours, though. Oh, I'm sure he would, but I would be like, push it, push yeah, it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> lower, lower. Yeah, invert it, lower. Oh, man. That, that was such a blast to fly for, like, the four or five minutes I flew it. <laughs> yeah. It looked great. It looked great in the air, too, man. Yeah. So, Steve, what are you going to be up to? Um, all right. So, yeah, what's next for me in the hobby? Um, I mean, I, I got a bunch of playing stuff I got to work on. But, you know, I'm, I have to tell, to tell everyone the truth, I have very little, you know, very little motivation for that. Oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, in between heli rebuilds and overhauling and repairs, I'm like, okay, let me do this. Let me do that, you know. So recently I, you know, rebuilt. Chloe's FT trainer. So next is now I got my bushwhacker and I got my mini guinea. I need to do a new tail and a new wing on the mini guinea, which probably will come after I do the new tail on the um, bushwhacker, which I noticed today the wing on the left side is, has a nice rip in it. So I'm like, eh, I could probably just glue that back together and be okay for Fly Fest. So I might just kind of do it that way and, you know, slap a sticker or two on it, which reminds me I need some more stickers, Kevin. Um, okay. <laughs> but um yeah i mean oh. uh, you know for 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 all our heli listeners if you made it this far i got some got some updates on my goblin 380 overhauling everything has been ordered i have everything on order now i went with a new full carbon cano mod car, uh, canopy set and boom custom boom it's it's going to be the normal SAB Goblin 380 scheme, but totally new colors, full carbon. Uh, I have a Hobby Wing 100 amp low voltage ESC on its way. I have a um, couple links parts, um, upgraded parts on its way. I have a tail belt tensioner, new tail belts, new tail shaft, new tail spindle, dampeners. I I got new landing gears coming. I'm switching over to the KC landing gears. I have all these things coming for that. So once all that stuff comes in, I'll take like one or two nights to put it all together. And I got, I'm got. i going to have this nice refresh of a Goblin 380 that, um, you know, and I'm, I'm dying to fly. It's going to have a Neo on there too. And that's going to be probably used or new. Regardless, it's going to be flying with the V controller. So I'm going to, you know, last time I flew, it was on the Icon, and now it'll come back with V control and V bar Neo on it. Um, I placed my first order as uh, a Lynx team rep. Dropped a pretty good chunk. Um, I don't really want to go into how much, but I, um, you know, I was talking to um, my team manager, Rich Knapp, and, and I was asking him that, you know, you know, these fun flies that I go to, like Fly Fest, right? They're not very heli-specific fun flies. They're more planes, but, you know, I do represent, and I, I, I fly helis as much as I can there. Even last year, I, I flew probably 60% heli, 40% planes. And, you know, like when we go there, we go with an RV, and we have tables set up with our helis on the table and stuff. And, and you know, Kevin, you have a couple Lynx helis or Oxy helis. Right. The... um. The Heli Flight Lines looks a little bigger this year than awesome. Flight Fest. Nice. I got to take a look at that. I want to see how, where it is and how big it is. But um, um, but yeah. I don't know if they've released it publicly, but oh, I've, 
volunteer. Yeah, I'm a volunteer, so I get some of the emails early um, for some of the things. But it's Flight Fest this year is going to be completely different than all the other years. Okay. For behind-the-scenes things, you two guys, I will get a photo of what at least I know, and I'll show it to you guys. Okay, I mean, you don't, you know, I don't want you to get in trouble, you know. I don't, I don't think they would mind a couple more people knowing. I'm pretty sure it's not something that's completely private. Um, okay. But, yeah, just to go back to, um, so I spoke to Rich and my team manager, and we're talking about that these, you know, I go to these events that aren't highly specific or so that, you know, I want to, you know, I want to represent Lynx. I want to get folks that aren't normally interested in helis or thinking about helis. So, so he was like, yeah, just when you put your first order in, put in the notes that, you know, you want a large Lynx banner and stuff. So, um, well, I'm going to be getting that in. I also want a free for RC podcast banner. I've been talking to Kevin about it. Um, he's supposed to do a little bit of a design change to, to add, our names on it, the, the team, free for rc podcast team on it. And so that way, and then we'll get that printed out or we'll get that banner made. So we'll, we'll have these nice two banners to, uh, on our RV or on our tables, you know, so it'll be pretty cool for flight fest and also that for, um, for hopefully I could get the banner before our fun fly. I also want to start thinking about doing a record, doing not a, live streaming record but a live record of a podcast episode maybe or even if it's just like a short little episode with some interviews of some of the pilots that came from out of town or you know um to our free for rc helifest to you know just kind of get some get some good content there so i'm gonna i want you know i'll talk to you guys offline and try to work out some logistics see if we get if we need to get a pa system how we're going to do the record and kind of figure out that type of logistics so you know i want to get that that thought at least in our minds because it is coming up in about a month and a week so you know we want to definitely get that going yeah man all right i guess uh that's about it let's wrap it up kevin all right i was looking on podbean as i normally do and I saw that uh, there was nothing new in the United States. And I really didn't see any new countries other than countries I think I've uh, mentioned before. Cool. That's it. I still can't believe that we have a listener in South Africa. So thank you, South African listener. Whether you stumbled upon it or downloaded the wrong podcast, thank you anyways. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, as far as Facebook lights, we have a total of uh, 176, and I'll read off the, the names here. We have Ken Kohlberg, Dan VP, Hiba Bashi, and Sammy Regim. Regime. Regime. Regime? I think. I don't know. Okay. So Facebook comments. Kevin, go. Yeah, I saw some Facebook comments that made me laugh. Russ Cox is uh, yeah, ever okay. short on making me laugh, man. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote uh, on Facebook, should I prepare myself for another episode of Free For RC Helicast this week? I'm just giving you guys a hard shot time. I like the show a lot. Will Steve tell us how great Kyle Stacy is? LOL. <laughs> I didn't leave a review, but I thought it was funny how offended Steve was. I guess he was talking about the review that from Seymour Butts. From, from yeah, Funk and Wacky. F- yeah, from Funk and Wacky who's 
friends of Seymour Butts. So Andrew Beecroft said, "Hey guys, I managed to finish." Wait, 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 wait. By the way, I'm not offended. <laughs> like it's a joke. Like, no, he he does have a shrine of Kyle Stacy in his closet, and and he was offended. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, fine, fine. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. No. <laughs> and I think I only said Kyle Stacy once because I own a Kyle Stacy helicopter. Well, now you've said it like three times, dude. No, I'm pretty sure there's an episode. That I listened to, and you said his name a few times. Was it the episode where we had Kyle Stacy on the show? Uh, I don't know if it <laughs> or was, was that it one the, like the one before. We were talking about how I have a Kyle Stacy helicopter, and Anthony has a Kyle Stacy helicopter. Oh, damn! I just said his name twice now. <laughs> no, I don't Steve. Know, but... Steve is definitely not offended because I wanted to. I wanted to make a little like preemptive like little banter between between us and uh-huh. and air it before we started like the music and all that and i wanted to say hey, steve you know kyle stacy's gonna be on the show and steve was like yeah we could do that but i don't really get starstruck and you really weren't you know no, not on the show yeah yeah maybe when you finally meet him in person you'd be like oh, oh. well probably <laughs> not when i meet him a person if Kyle this, it'll be after no no it's like, gonna be after you fly i'm just gonna be like holy Shit! How the hell do you do that for a helicopter? Okay, now I'm lost. Now I'm starstruck. Now, now I don't. I don't get starstruck. I mean, I've, I've worked for the NBA. I've worked. I've seen famous people. I would. I've met. Well, not really meet, but Will Farrell asked me a question, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, right there. And, and you know, I don't know. There's I just. The uh, he was. He was actually asking. I was at a LA uh, Finals game, and he asked me where his seats were. Thinking that, you know, because I have credentials, I was working for the NBA. He probably thought, you know, maybe I was not sure or something. But I was like, oh, look at this, section one. Yeah, let's just go down that way. And he was like, okay, cool, thank you. And he just, like, very kindly, you know, soft-spoken and walked down. And Oh, he wasn't like, hey, boy, where's my seat? My boy, Blue! No. (laughs) Uh, No, no, he was was cool. So, But I don't get starstruck. Like, I'm not like, oh, wow, you know. Like, I've seen so many... Famous people working for the NBA, like, oh, Christina Aguilera. Oh, there she walks by with her crew. Cool. Oh, there's all these bands. There's all these groups, you know? You know, like, I did the Basketball Hall of Fame when um, um, Charles Barkley got inaugurated. And I'm sitting there, and he's just joking around with Dominic Wilkins. And, like, yeah, cool, you know? like You keep mentioning the NBA, but I'm wondering when you're going to mention famous people. Dude, hey, they're famous. People know their names. They get paid ridiculous amount of money to put a ball in a hoop. Thank hey, you. they have the, they have the best job in the world. They play a freaking game and they get paid millions. They do not have the best job in the world. Who gets paid millions to just play a game besides other athletes and other uh, professional sports? The best job in the world is the one that you don't consider as a job. That's the uh, best job in the world. Shh, do you guys hear it? Wait, wait. You're talking about basketball. But you're playing on a, a game. RC. <laughs> yeah, no, but it doesn't matter if it's basketball. You're 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 a, a, a you know you get paid to fly RC helicopters. You get paid to fly planes. I was gonna like, say up until Playboy photographer, that would be the best job of the world. <laughs> but I don't even think they do that anymore. I don't know what they do. I don't know. Didn't they like stop doing the magazine or something, or they they changed it? I don't or know. They, they stopped yeah, doing no nudity. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, every no, time cool. I every time I hear one of these changes, I think. I hear we're five days away from the fundamental transformation in the United States. 
And here it is. Ah, uh, it's been a while since <laughs> we've heard of any bashing. Person. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. So, what's your take on Trump? No, I'm just. All right. Oh, so that's not fair. <laughs> Andrew Beecroft said, "Hey guys, I managed to finish episode twenty-one. Been a busy week, and I just wanted to say thanks for the warm welcome you gave at the end. You managed to get the last name right. Wow, Steve, you got his last name right." Dude, that's like I'm like one out of thirty. That's like one out of thirty I've gotten right. That's awesome. <laughs> nah. You'd be surprised how many don't even though it looks easy. I guess get his last name right. Keep up the awesome work. Great to hear your thoughts on the experience of fellow Oxy members. Owners. You, oh, owners. Sorry. <laughs> You've just about got me convinced I need to convert mine to a cube. Ooh. No, I just do. get another one. Yeah. Just get another one. <laughs> yeah. Just get two. Get two. Yes. And Anthony will sell you servos. <laughs> He'll sell you Actually, uh, all the parts. I, I've been really enjoying the Hobby King ones. They've been working out really good for me. In I mean, cube. yeah. I mean, they work. They do break if you crash hard enough. Um, but they're cheap enough to replace. Yeah. KST, the KST uh, DS215, whatever the replacements are. For the KST version, which is the same version as the Hobby King, it's I think nine dollars or seven to nine bucks for the servo set. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's like you know forty percent of the cost of the servo, right? Around there, thirty percent, forty percent. You know, compared to I mean MKS is you know you're paying. I think you're only paying like ten. How much are MKSs? Do you know? I have no idea. I know how much they are used. How much are they used? <laughs> oh, don't tell us! Don't tell us. Anyways, I don't. Yeah, you don't want to disclose that. Um, but like, yeah, even if they're like forty bucks a servo, I mean, they're worth it. You're gonna, you're gonna definitely save on servo repair, like the replacement gears, because you got seven, eight crashes in that now. Yeah. Total, like with Anthony with owning it, not you. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't think I can get that out of those turnages. Maybe two crashes, and then on the. Th- third one i'm definitely snapping a gear in one of them you know depending on how i crash obviously all right get, get another one get yes. a cube buy more get another one yes they're awesome hellies our buddy chris bream said do you know the chicken dance all right now that's gonna be in my head for the rest of the night uh, you'll be sleeping dreaming about it that'll be awesome all right Podbean shout out chevy mon carlo Started listening to us on Podbean. Thank you. Obviously, awesome. he's a Ford guy. <laughs> oh, man. All right. No iTunes review. Nope. Sweet. Didn't see anything new, but thanks for all the people that did give us a review. Yes. Also, if you're in the central New Jersey area, come join us on June 25th, Saturday, at 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. For our Freefall RC HeliFest 2016, presented by Tri-County RC Club of New Jersey. Spectators are free. You can come. Uh, we're going to have, you know, member pilots, non-members can come and fly. We are expecting to have a pilot's meet around 10 a.m. You do need a valid AMA to fly, and there is a landing fee. For registration and more info, please visit our club website at www.tcrcnj.com. We're located at 306 Old George Road, North Brunswick. Brunswick 08902 if you have a a helicopter so yeah if you're if you have a helicopter or you're interested in watching some helicopters do some 
insane things, come join us. Or you just want to come out and say how much we suck. That too. I hate the podcast, but I, but I can't stop listening. <laughs> if you want to meet, you know, Kevin and myself, Steve, and Chris Reiber will be there too, so you get to meet him too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So definitely come out and join us. Drop us an iTunes review and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook. Give us a like. Post some pictures. If you received a sticker from us, we'd like to see where those stickers ended up. Um, don't or forget. To- we'd like the sticker back. Send it back <laughs> to us. Oh, talk about stickers. I totally messed up and. I want to just apologize to Fred and probably Andres. I sent out those stickers to them, but I was like, this time I'm like, the stickers are kind of flapping around in the thing. I don't know how they actually arrive. So I put I put them in foam board. Like I put a layer of foam board on the, and then put the stickers in them. And I underpaid on the postage. Aye. So mine have, I think Fred said he had to pay like 25 cents or 40 cents or something. I don't know what it was. So. Good job, but, Steve. Yeah, so I kind of messed up on that one. I'm just going to send the stickers in the envelope next time and forget the phone board. That was a stupid idea. All right, so don't forget to check out our webpage, freefrcpodcast.com. We're always adding new stuff. Chris is working on that stuff. We're adding new pictures. We have uh, information about our heli, you know, fun fly there. So definitely check that out. Also check out the flight test forums, our forums on the flight test forums. Nick takes the time and, you know, works hard to keep that stuff updated, so... Thanks, Nick. Thanks, yeah. Nick. I'm on there quite a bit, you know, checking to see if anything uh, gets added, anyone replies, whatever. Yeah, reply. Come say hello. Yeah, come say hello and reply and give Nick some... Give Nick a hard time. No, I'm just kidding. We're listed on <laughs> audio, field, audio and video production, other than Flight Test Podcast, and then you'll see us Freefall RC Podcast with the FT yeah. coming cast, guys. So from the whole team here, I uh, want to say thank you for listening. Thanks, Nick, for coming on the show today. Oh, Thanks, no Nick. problem. Love being on. Awesome. All right. So free our skies, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. See you. See you. Bye. Crash something. Oh, I will. Buy another one. I will always crash something, and I will always want to buy another one. But I'm trying to limit it. Final limit, five helicopters in my fleet, that's it. Make a drinking game out of every time someone goes out on a tangent. Buy another helicopter. Uh, uh, uh.